Welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 140. My name is John Morgan. Cold Coffee is finally mm. back with me, my man. Yeah, guess who's back? Back, back again. again. <laughs> CC's back, CC's ah. back, CC's back. <laughs> da, da, da. Awesome, man. We are in Las Vegas. I know, that's right. You might have thought we were going to be in Detroit. We'll get to all that in a second. We're in Las Vegas, uh, but it's good to be back together, man. After a couple weeks on the road, it's uh, you know I, I I think I'm a decent enough host when I'm rolling solo, but I just feel like I'm rambling on and I think you do fine on your own. <laughs> it's much better than uh, all cream and no coffee. Uh, you're like, dude. <laughs> you're like, or you, all you coffee should, and no cream. You whatever. should just do it by yourself every week, bro. I'm like, bro, it's good. It's fine. I'll just edit this shit and be done with it. <laughs> but no, it's good. I think you did good. But no, it is good to be back, and it's good to be back here in Boomers. Thursday. You know? Thirsty Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. So here we are. We're sitting inside the world famous Boomers. Or soon to be world soon famous. Soon to be. We're trying to make it world famous. I mean, well, if you think about it, our listeners, which we love you guys, come from all over the place. That's right. Like I've looked, we've seen. I mean, people are listening in Russia. People are listening in Japan. I remember one day, I can't remember what country it was. It was some random country. We were like, holy cow, we we're like really hitting with like Slovakia or <laughs> something, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just crazy. So, uh, this is like a, I guess it is it's, now a it's world, world, it's a world de- famous. If you're in Las Vegas and you're a roadshow listener, you got to stop by, especially if it's Thirsty Thursday. You do. And it's funny because now I see like different crowds coming here, like just like we like it. Now I see like little weird groups over here, hipsters over here, you know. So it's, uh, it's one of those hidden gems, which we love. So if you guys like us, I know you're going to like Boomers. You'll Should you come. It. It'll save you a couple bucks. It will save you a lot of bucks and compared to drinking on the strip. And you'll just have a little a little fun little dive bar experience. So uh, we are in town, of course, for the Ultimate Fighter 26 finale. We did not go to Detroit. Of course, the big card this week, there are two UFC events. The big card is UFC 218 Holloway versus Aldo. That's the big pay-per-view. Uh, our man Matt Erickson is up there with the young Mike Bond who drove down from Canada. So uh, they are handling things in Detroit. We're doing Las Vegas, which is, uh, you know, a little more low profile than the big pay-per-view. <laughs> just a uh, just a touch difference. Just uh, a hair. But we had our own drama. We had drama We as did well. have drama. But the good thing is uh, it lets us have a little ballast point home game. Mm. It lets us have a little family time. It lets us. It lets us just chill in Las Vegas. That's good. Yeah, I saw you. You you went to the movies the other day. I did. I went to the movies yeah. with, with my kid. I mean, uh, j- just now, my kid was actually outside T-Mobile Arena. They were doing a, a Christmas thing. So that's af- that's after the weigh-ins were over, huge, 80 feet tall. Really? Right outside T-Mobile I was going to say, that was a big old tree. So I got to see my family a little bit. It's cool. The weather's nice. I don't know what it's like in Detroit, but it can't be like it is here in Las Vegas right nope. now. Nope. So. Sorry. All right. Well, listen, we'll, we'll get into both of those cards, especially what we saw today at the Ultimate Fire 26 finale. But first, we have to say uh, big thank you to uh, our friends at Freshly. Of course, by now, hopefully you know that Freshly.com is where you go to get your meal delivery every week. Meal kits done right. Listen, cold coffee, I ain't got a lot of time, man. I'm busy. I, and I can cook. I like to. Here's the thing. I know they really like to, mar- they like to market to people that can't cook. And if you can't cook, this is easy. This is even. You did, yeah, that's, that's, done. That's, that's a, done. a lottery. You, but you even, done won the lottery right there. But even me, I like to cook. Right. And I still love me some Freshly.com because right. you know what? I just order my food up. I, I, I throw it in the microwave. It, it's three minutes in the microwave. Yeah. 
maybe like one minute to let it cool off a little bit. So you maybe don't, two minutes if it's like that super hot pasta you, dish. You don't want to burn yourself. <laughs> and then right there, the meal's done. And you're talking about food that has been created by chefs, so it's got great flavors to it. The biggest thing, right? Yeah. The biggest thing when we partnered up with Freshly was like, all right, but what's it going to taste like? Yeah. It's good. That's a big deal. It's good. My wife, my she wife. She loves that. My wife stole all my Freshly. While I, while I was right. on the road in Sydney and Shanghai, right. she stole all my Freshly. <laughs> and, 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 and and she's telling, she's like, I'm telling you, and this is the God's honest truth. My wife says, we finally found a solution. We found a solution. That's awesome. She's like, when you're gone and I am, I am so busy and I'm trying to take care of Eli, we got the solution. Yeah. It's Freshly. And and people need to try this out. Again, chef created it's it, it's got nice calorie content, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's gluten free if you're one gluten of those. Gluten free if you like that stuff. I mean, I'm, some I'm, people like it. I'm cool with gluten, but yeah, you know. I mean, gluten's never done nothing wrong to me. But you might as well have it. And there's no <laughs> cleanup. You just you just you just eat it. You heat it up. You eat it. You throw it away. You're done. Just like that. It's fully cooked. I mean, it's right away. It's all natural. No artificial flavors, preservatives. No refined sugars. None of that stuff, and always fresh, never frozen. I'm telling you, you've been eating it. I, you, you've probably eaten more than I have now because my wife's been stealing it all. <laughs> they got some great food. They do. Uh, we had the the steak dish the other day. It was so good. And I like the pasta. I had the, the penne pasta, the penne bolognese. I'm going to say it wrong, but trust me, it was absolutely delicious. So it's good stuff, man. And, and, and if you all want to get on it, use Roadshow. That's code right. Code Roadshow. Go to Freshly.com. Use the code Roadshow. You're gonna save forty dollars off your first two deliveries. So you can pick the meal plan you want. We actually got. We went back. I went back to them. Yeah. Because they just wanted to set up for the six meal plan, and I said, right. "Listen, you get six meals a week. That's great. I, I, I think I want to do like twelve. Like I want to load up so well, that I don't have to cook at all. Well, it's not just you because you know your wife's stealing your shit. Wow, she is stealing half of it. I'm like, <laughs> so can you make this good for everybody? And the cool people at Freshly, they were like, "Well, nobody's ever asked us that before, John. But for you guys, for your listeners." We'll do it. So you can – listen, they're advertising at a lot of places right now. If you listen to yeah. other podcasts, you've probably heard other Freshly ads. They're advertising yeah. at places. But the thing is, they're only giving you for the six-meal plan. I, mm. said, I said, hey, I want everything. My mm. listeners, Roadshow listeners are special. Mm. They need everything. They like to eat. That's right. They <laughs> like to drink. They like to do it all. <laughs> we don't, you don't limit our options. <laughs> don't limit our options. How dare you. How dare you, folks? And the fine folks at Freshly came back and said, John Morgan, son of a bitch, you're right. We'll just give it to him. They did. I remember that conference call. They were like, John Morgan, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and you think about it, $40. That's $40 you can spend on some frosty beverages. Mm, good. All right, so there you go. Again, fine folks at Freshly. Meal delivery done right. No cooking, no fuss, no must, no cleanup, no nothing. Get it done, I'm telling you. If you're sitting on the fence and you think about it, I'm telling you, try Freshly. You're going to dig it. You're going to save 40 bucks. So yeah. just give it a shot. You can cancel it any time, but I'm telling you, you're going to love it. You start sounding like Burt Watson there for a second. Baby. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> you love the oh, you're like, baby. Not, now I'm missing Burt now. Uh, oh, man. Well, speaking of Burt, how would he have – what 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 would Burt have been saying and doing today at the weigh-ins? Oh, Lord. What Lord, a Lord. crazy day we had at the Ultimate Fighter finale weigh-ins. Sajara Eubanks – you know, I say miss weight. She never even hit the scale. She never even got a chance to weigh in. Uh, and, and Roxanne Motiferi steps in off the sidelines. She's now fighting for the Ultimate Fighter Finale Championship, but more importantly, a UFC title belt. Crazy things that happened. Unreal. Uh, I mean, I don't know. As soon as we got, as soon as we got there, as soon as we got there, we heard 
hey, there might be some issues. It sounds like Sajara went to the hospital last night. Okay, so and, and and you know well, that's the thing. Even the time frame was weird. We heard last night. She's trying to say early this morning. Maybe that meant like after midnight. Maybe there was some confusion. It's just weird because we started hearing last night, and then mm-hmm. I was hearing today. You know, so I I don't know. I'd I'd like that to get cleared up just to know for sure, like whether or not because, and I know I know you're gonna get to it because there was a point where we were sat there, and after you know you informed me of what was going on. You know what had had been said. You know how she had went to the hospital. I'm like. What, what, why are we still doing this this this, right. this pony show? That's right. If it's already done and it's already going to be, what's going on? Or is there really so there a was, possibility? There was confusion in the ranks. It seemed like maybe she was going to try to figure out a way to make weight. Because, right. you know, if, if you go to the hospital during the middle of a weight cut, like it could be any of a number of things, but the bottom line, at the end of the day, whatever it is, the first thing the doctor's going to do is look at you and go, you're dehydrated, you dummy. Yeah. Here's an IV. And at that point, you, you've got a, you, you got the cutting issue. So uh, well, let's get into all of it. But I want to say, the, the biggest thing was, it took me by surprise. I don't know how many people watch The Ultimate Fighter all season long. I get it. Some people are tired of the show 26 seasons in. And listen, it's, it's you know. It's on I, a weird night. It's, yeah, I totally understand. I did watch it. I was really ex- I, I, I First of all, I mean, I still watch it because it is part of my job. But I was yeah. excited because this is a championship belt on the line. Sure. I feel like I need to know. I can't show up for a UFC yeah. title fight and not know anything about the people that are involved in the fight. So I felt like I was really interested in finding out how this, this season would play out. Um, Sajara did have weight troubles all season long. Um, it was funny because you and I got to do interviews early on in the season, but yeah. we actually did. I think it was right before the semifinal fights is, right, is when you and I talked to them. And uh, the USC was nice enough to say, hey, listen, if you promise to embargo this information and hang on to it, we'll let you – We'll let you talk about their progress a little bit to, to only a couple of them, not all of them, only to a couple. Yeah. Sajara was one of them. And, you know, she mentioned how she had to cut her, cut hair, her hair, you know. So, yep. so you knew she was struggling from day one. But this week we thought, hey, let's, a- let's ask her about it. How's the weight right away? So when we had media day, this is what she had to say. And to me, I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm naive. Maybe I listen to people. It sounded good when she said this. Well, I guess we should probably start right there with the weight cut. That was that was an issue all season long. I mean, you made it, but uh, give us an idea, kind of what what you did maybe differently and how it's feeling this time around. I'm feeling much better this time. I had a full camp to get ready and sort of uh, reframe my body. Uh, prior to the Ultimate Fighter, I was fighting at 35, so I was walking around at like 50, 55, so the cut was a little tougher in the house. Um, but it's going much better this time since I was able to sort of walk around a little lower coming into this cut. But, you know, cutting is part of the business, so it is what it is, you know. So there you go. At the media day, Sajar Eubank said, listen, everything is going fine. Uh, and obviously it didn't go fine because she was pulled out and, again, never even had a chance to step on the scales. Uh, she was ruled out at the hospital. Going to welcome in our good friend Fiasco Jones, who has made his way into uh, Boomers as well. How you doing, my man? Bauga! Kenny was on the dial, and he still hit, didn't make, make it. I'm just like, cold coffee. Long-time listeners know well to turn it down at least just I gave, a, I gave a, a beat. I gave a beat for all you listeners. I think, we're, uh, I think we've got everything else dialed in, though. We've got yeah, the volume. Yeah. Turns out I'm a mid, everyone, if you want to know that. I'm a mid. <laughs> mid gain. All mid-game. right. Well, all right. Let's talk about it. So, guys, obviously this made the, today a crazy day for all of us. We, we said it kind of jokingly starting. You know, this was a slightly lower profile event than UFC 218 in Detroit, which is just an incredible card. But today um, it really made everything hectic for, for everybody involved. I guess, first of all, we'll just say it, it's the right decision all the way around, right? I mean, if Sajara is, is, is having medical issues and needs to go to the hospital, like – 
God bless that, that, that you know, she's taken to the hospital and that they rule out. Um, but I like the decision of putting Roxanne Modafferi in there. You know, Roxanne was the one that, that lost uh, to Sajara. So, I mean, in, in some ways, you know, if, you, if it's like an Olympic, you know, wrestling bracket or whatever, like that's – that's your that's that's your replacement, you know what I mean? So I think that made sense. Uh, you know, I heard some other people. Well, why not Barb? But 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 Barb, Barb already fought Nico. Right. You exactly. know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense to do that fight again. So I don't yeah. know. Overall, I thought everything was handled well. And um, how great is it too that the, the 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 domino effect that we had that Lauren Murphy, who was supposed to have a fight, but her fight was delayed due to visa issues due to her Brazilian opponent. Um, was told, hey, you know what, come in town anyway, make weight. There's so many fights on the card in the flyweight division. Um, you know, there might be a real opportunity for you to be here. She ends up getting a fight. Ends up getting a fight with Barb Honcheck, which is, I mean, that's a legit fight. You know, you're a, a UFC veteran, Barb Honcheck, a lot of people consider her, um, you know, the, 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 the best women's flyweight of all time. It's not like a division that's been thoroughly parsed out or whatever, but, I mean, she's the former Invicta champ. Uh, I did have somebody tweet at me, and I wish I, I wish I could pull it up right now, uh, and, and I should have had it ready. The greatest tweet ever, and again, this is kind of an inside joke if you're watching it, but when it was announced that Lauren would be fighting Barb, he tweeted, he's like, will Eddie Alvarez be able to tell them apart? Because, of course, when, when Lauren was like, I'm going to the other team, Eddie Alvarez says, hey, everybody, Barb quits. <laughs> and he's My like, name is Lauren. <laughs> So great. That was I could not believe they even aired that because it made Eddie Alvarez look so bad. Uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, you know, gotta feel good for Roxanne Motoferi, who uh, was the favorite going in. Of course, she was the number one seed. And I think, I mean, I think most of us thought at the beginning when this thing was announced, it was gonna be Roxanne and Barb fighting each other in the finals for the title fight. Uh, and, and Roxanne at Media Day kept a, you know such a stiff upper lip, a straight face. She was like, you know, hey. Uh, you know, I wanted to be there, but I'm not there. But I get to fight Barb, who, you know, I had fought before, and it's a rematch. And I want, you know, I'm, this is personal to me. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know about all these changes. It sucks to lose Sajara because I really think Sajara is talented, man. I think she has a ton of skills. But it does feel like in this crappy situation, I feel like all the moves that were made to fix it were right. Yeah, I agree. And I, it's, it's that, that perplexing per, uh, perplexing. Uh, uh, thing about fate, you know, it's just uh, Roxanne got her moment, despite the fact that, like, you know, you know, it's a weird story for her. You know, she came in right. uh, before, didn't make it. Came in the second time, didn't make it. And then, out of like almost as it was meant to be, here you go. By the way, the 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 girl who beat you, she fell out, so it's you. And it's like the happy warrior gets <laughs> gets her day, you know? Yep. It's <laughs> a great point, man. And, and there's no way you don't love Roxanne. I thought it was cool. And it was cool that even she admitted. I mean, she got so many props. Like, Dana was giving her props on the show. Because she is. I mean, it's funny. Like, like Michael Bisping. You know, Michael Bisping, you look at what he's accomplished in his career. Like, I don't think Michael Bisping is the most gifted athlete of all time. Like, I just feel like he works his ass off. You know right. what I mean? Sure. He maximizes his potential. He maximizes who he is. And he has been able to accomplish way more than, you know, somebody else has just had to give it to him. And I feel like Roxanne's kind of that same kind of person. Like, I mean, and she's she's able to admit it. She's like, my striking still looks kind of awkward. It still mm -hmm. looks weird. You know, she gets it. Like, she is not – a God-given athlete. Like, if you're picking dodgeball teams or whatever, like, she's last. You know what I mean? But she works her ass off. I mean, she's – somebody's been around. And I'll tell you what, and I hate to say this because, you know, I don't want to take away from Nico and Sajara, but 
I think having Roxanne in this title fight, again, knowing that, she, you know, it's not like she's the winningest fighter of all time. She has her share of losses. But I honestly feel like it gives more legitimacy to the title fight, the fact that she's involved in it. You know what I mean? It was so weird that you basically had, like, a 2-2 two and two fighter against a 3-2 and two fighter for, for a UFC title. You know what I mean? And that's – that's the nature of sports, especially when a tournament's involved, and that it's cool. I mean, I thought it was awesome. You got two underdogs. But at the end of the day, it did feel kind of weird that, like, we're handing out a UFC title to one of two people that has, like, five fights total. Right. It's actually funny that you bring that up because uh, there was some talk uh, in, in my little circle, uh, just, you know, it's kind of like as it's happening, as we're kind of seeing that, you know, we're waiting for that last moment. Uh, that, Till the literal end of, of weigh-ins before we find out, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Sajar didn't make it, um, which I think probably may have co commission issues. Like maybe that may, right. maybe like you can't really make an announcement until like, like it's officially over. Either way, uh, someone made a comment saying, like, well, now you know that the, the, there's going to be some people out there that saying that this is not the legitimate champ because Interesting. She, she didn't make uh, – because Roxanne didn't actually win her way to this position. Uh, and at which point I countered is that, like, here's the thing is that Every real fan understands that the weigh-in is part of the fight. It's not ancillary. It's not like a, 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 a just like a, a sideshow. Right. It's part of the fight. Yeah. And if like some kind of technicality to get ruled out on right. or something, right? Yeah. It, it's not that. This is part of. It's literally the opening punch to that fight is making weight. And if you can't do it, then guess what? The next person is going to step in line, and essentially you, you default. You just you default to the That's fight. Right. And uh, it's just the way it is. And so this is the legitimate next runner-up to the, to, the, to the belt, you know. And so I'm satisfied with that. I'm satisfied with how it all kind of turned out, especially, yeah, Roxanne, I think it helps her story. I think it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a really good story. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's what I think is the biggest thing is that Roxanne, like, I, I've been covering her for Invicta, covered her, you know, when she's done the tough before. And watching her grow and just seeing her be so open and, and you know, People either love Roxanne or they hate her. And how can you hate her? They either can't understand her jokes, they can't understand her comedic timing, right. and then they're just like, eh, I don't know about her. But seeing somebody that's made the turnaround that Roxanne has done, Roxy works her butt off. And her she looks like Roxy 2.0 or mm -hmm. Roxy 3.0 for what we see now and the way that she approaches the game. It's like she finally got to the point where she's like, I know my jujitsu's awesome. But now I'm going to go out there, and I'm just going to bang. And if you take me and, and you bang better than me and you beat me, so be it. But at least I'm going to go out there and do it. You yep. know, I'm just going to go out there and throw it. I mean, she teaches kids jujitsu. She's sweet as can be. She answers your questions back with the question in the answer just like a <laughs> pro like we tell them to do. But, you know, what's funny for the conspiracy side of things how quickly did they have the banner turn around? It's almost like they knew something okay, wrong see, was going to happen. All right, see, take the tinfoil hat. This is not Conspiracy Corner. <laughs> that comes later. Okay, that comes much later. I was actually going to get some props at it. And, 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 and Fiasco, I was going to kind of ask you, you know, maybe what you saw behind the scenes because it is a scram. I mean, you're talking about literally like you've got to, you know, go change video packages. Uh, obviously, uh, yep. the, the, the audio intro for the weigh-ins had to be re-recorded. I mean, everything, I mean, there's yep. so many, like, things that have to be redone. But it's so funny. We got into the ceremonial weigh-ins, which, let me just say, I don't know that we really need to have a ceremonial weigh-ins today. I'm just going to throw that yeah. on the table. Maybe <laughs> without that. I mean, especially when you don't let the fans sit in the seats. Yeah, just, <laughs> just saying. But we did have a ceremonial weigh-ins, and, you know, the, the 50 or so people that were there had a great time. But, uh, you know, I, I, when we got in there and we sat down, 
you know, we looked up at the screen and it had like the new names. I'm like, oh, I was like, graphics department on point. Like, yeah, they got their stuff done. And then I and then I looked at the step and repeat banner. That's the backdrop, and I'm like. Oh wow! Like they got that done. Like they got that reprinted and yeah. ready to go. Or maybe it was printed weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, because you look about, you think about it. Eleven Take the o'clock. Full hat off. Eleven Take the o'clock today. Hat off. When supposedly no, they shit get it happened. They get it printed like five minutes from here. So like I was gonna say is that like hey, that's more of a props to the the printing printing people who yeah. the third party is. I mean, I will say conspiracy. Uh, not to say that like uh, the graphic department art side is easier because they uh, work yeah, their I mean, ass they off. Yeah, they just like delete. But they've already cut out those images, right. and to like put two head double well, heads yeah, together. But I mean, to print something and actually get it onto a canvas, have it get dried, I'm sure they probably get dried and then delivered to a location, and then it's installed. I've heard that they actually all within. Do that. What five hours later? There's a printer here that does five like a like an express printing. I think it, it's I, is it, I think Tough Print still does all the stuff. Chase Corbin, I think that I, I believe like the, it's the guy that used to do all the sponsor banners and stuff, and now he does a lot. Of, I think that's huh. some, some real inside stuff. baseball shit right there. That's really that's way too much. <laughs> see nobody. nobody you know my first name? Nobody cares. Printing about that guy stuff. is how I would know it. Unless but. it was just like the episodes, you knew the real final. Weeks in advance. because yeah, they already they fed you that name. They fed you that name. Stop it. Mr. Corbin. Stop Who are you, Mr. Corbin? Are you the Illuminati? Are you the Illuminati, Mr. Corbin? You guys are just giving people ammunition. <laughs> but I am happy. Uh, but to I get back to the fight. I love this fight because well, it's two here's fun thing is, fighters. I'm, I'm excited for the I love I'm, it. I'm disappointed a lot because I really do – Sajara to me was so impressive. I mean, when oh, we yeah. did our when we did our cast interviews, you know, uh, we didn't know the results at that point, but we did we did find out at that point that she was uh, in the semifinals. Yeah. Like we didn't know when we first sat down, but just talking to her, and then after they were like, okay, look, you can talk to her a little bit more. And we so we found out she was in the semifinals, and I was like, man, you know, we hadn't seen the fights, but she kind of described them and how she finished them, and I was like, this chick might be the real deal, and I I really do yeah. feel like she's the real deal, but. Man, like, just it might not be at this weight class. Yeah, it might might be a bantam weight, I guess. I I, I don't know, man. It's I, a lot closer to what it seems like is their normal weight. If if they said that she came down from what, one fifty five? Yeah. I mean, like, that's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, bantam weight's a stretch, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, to even just, it just sucks. It sucks because yeah, she's she's. A dominant. She's got because like, you can't great like skills. rebook her in a title. Like you can't just book her again against no, the winner. No, she's right? got to work her way back up. Yeah, she yes. lost her chance, and I mean she will get there. But the fact is, like most of these girls were fighting, and they were going to get contracts. Probably, hey, thank you for fighting in this tough finale. Right. Here's a couple more bones. We're going to throw you. We're going to work you into the system. Now it's a matter of oh hey. You screwed up. I mean, I would like to think that they wouldn't hold it against because they realize she's already been punished more now by herself, by what she's did, losing the chance to get a title than anything that they can do as for, hey, sorry, we're not going to use you right now. So hopefully they'll they'll take that into account like she's going to kick herself for it. She put on stellar fights. She's a good fighter. Let's give her another shot. But she lost any momentum that she had as for so where the top of the billings. But – I think ultimately, yeah. I mean, throw her back and throw her into the bantamweight division if she can work that one. If not, yeah, hey, by the way, there's a big division that has no fighters in it. You know, I like, think you got to give her a bantamweight fight. 
I think bantamweight should do a, a lot better. Fight. Well, I mean, I think you give her another shot at flyweight and see where she does. But just not a title fight. Right. And, no. And, 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 and here's the thing. Like, like you said, like to be with her camp and her and her camp right now, it has got to be a uh, pretty trying moment because she knows what she just lost. you know. And yeah. I, I don't know about if it's a lack of discipline or if it's just like her body just – Completely uh, uh, just said, F you, I'm not doing this anymore. And uh, which is, I don't know if you've ever, ever covered this, uh, but I was talking to one of our female uh, co workers at, at, at where I work, and uh, she mentioned something that I never actually thought you about. You mean that. the UFC? What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, he, maybe he has another. Uh, they know where you work, Fiasco. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, I work at a computer printing company. I work at a three lettered organization. It's, a, uh, it's, it's, it's an organization with a large headquarters on 215. <laughs> Around Jones Pepsi. and Rainbow. I work at Pepsi. <laughs> a Pepsi bottling plant. I'm a carry on. Yeah. Either way, uh, uh, one of the female co-workers that I worked at the Pepsi bottling plant was saying that uh, uh, women actually, when they actually start having their menses, yeah. uh, they act pretty much their their body will not give up weight. Yes. And we, I mean, that's just speculation at this point, but it is an interesting uh, uh, vector for. Some of the one of those things that you don't think about when cutting weight with men. Men don't have this problem at all. But when you talk about women, it's and, and there are things that you can mitigate against that. But I, I actually do wonder if this is uh, may have been one one of the things that that, that uh, you know came into play. May not. I mean, she came in pretty heavy. No, but you, 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 yeah, you don't know. I mean, the the women's body is is definitely different. And we actually uh, we did run into that issue in uh, in in uh, Sydney. Nadia Kasim, uh, our our good buddy Christian, just happens to be friends with her camp and that's probably not something the camp would talk about but you know she missed weight but her camp was open even earlier in the week it's like dude right right when she started cutting weight she got her period and right. it's like oh no what do we do now i mean it's, it's a reality of, right. of dealing with it so um yeah who knows if that was the situation but uh sucks it really does suck uh but could be uh could be roxanne modifari's game which if that's the case i don't think anybody will hate because uh it, she is such a good person we'll see what happens to sajara now i think the most important aspect of this whole story really is something that we have to go to fiasco for because uh it's not a conspiracy you jackass is it can i make it one yes <laughs> i i i my understanding enough, is you Jim, have, everything's a conspiracy <laughs> you have a little bit of inside information that, that we have not had an opportunity to talk oh, good. to nico montano about about how she found <laughs> out how everything happened and i i heard from oh, i heard yes. through the grapevine that Nico Montano may have learned of her fate through what I can only call just an an well what I was tabloid sources. I was I was tabloid. <laughs> no, sources. I was I was told. <laughs> I'm not sure whether it is, but maybe you could tell me. I was told it is without question the leading mixed martial arts news source on the planet. Um, that might be hyperbole, but uh, <laughs> from what I heard, uh, uh, speaking to her directly, uh, asking, uh, "Hey, so Nico, uh, when, how, where were you?" And so you got to interview her, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did you find out about? Which this? Which is weird that they would like allow somebody from the Pepsi bottling company to just come over. It is strange, but and I interview Nico Montano. I mean, I don't want to say who. I have really strong friends uh, in the organization. It's yeah, cool though, man. Yeah. You know, so I just dropped the bottles. outside the box. I dropped the bottles and said, "You know what? This is breaking news." People need to know. Uh, so I had the opportunity to talk to her and uh, said, "Hey, so so, how, where were you and how did you find out?" And her comment was, "If you will not believe this, Ariel Hawani." Oh, oh no, no, it was not. It was not. No, she <laughs> I'm turning said. his mic off. Hold on, I'm turning his mic off. We'll, we'll get that in post. MMA junkie. 
<laughs> MMA Junkie. She says, I was just I was reading MMA Junkie, and that's how I found out who my opponent was. And uh, I was like, oh, look, good mm. job. Good job. That's what's you up. You tabloid yellow journalists. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. All right, well, uh, listen, uh, the Ultimate Fighter for now is going to happen on Friday night. We just have a brand new main event. And Cold Coffee, if people need to go, do you know how they could get tickets? Because I'll tell you what, I bet people in Vegas want to go. And you know what? <laughs> I know the best way to do it. How's that? Our good friends at SeatGeek. Oh, see. That's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. Our new partners at SeatGeek, they jumped on board with the MMA Roadshow. They, they know talent when they see it. <laughs> and we, in return, see great apps and great services when we see them. Seat, SeatGeek is definitely one of those. I, I do have the app on my phone. Yeah, you did. By far the easiest way to do it. I've been, I haven't gotten to use it yet for anything yet because I'm trying to figure out what I can go. Like, I went to Imagine Dragons, you know, with my, with my kid. Took my kid to his first concert a few weeks back. Had I had SeatGeek. I could have saved a few bucks. It would have been so easy, do, uh, too. All concerts? Man, I music, got, sports, entertainment, like here they the got strip, it like say, all. Case in point, I had the uh, 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 birthday present, share at the old uh, Monte Carlo. Should have gone to SeatGeek. You messed up, bro. I think I did. You messed up. It is by far the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. Anywhere you are. Anywhere you are. Just a few little taps on your phone. Like you could just be hanging out. So, you know, you may have, like, forgot last second. Like, oh, shit, I was supposed to buy a present for my I, for I my hate girl. to break it to you, dog, but Cher's on here. That's what I'm saying. Oh! few taps. On here. Just a few little taps. You can instantly find the seats. Give me, uh, give me, give me a quote. I'm actually, I'm actually, I haven't, I haven't figured out exactly what day I'm going yet. Um, but I'm going to use, I'm going to use the geek to buy Golden Knights. That, oh, that's yeah. where it's I got to take my, my, my wife my and kid to a, to a hockey game. I mean, obviously the brand new teams in town. Got to take it to a high game. You can do that. That's what it's for, man. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever, folks. It saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. I have a small budget, but whatever. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. It's amazing how that just rolls off the tip of your tongue. Just, <laughs> Dude. Just right there. Just, I just, it's I mean, just like, really, like that. Just yeah, top yeah, of mind. Normally, there's an um and ah in the way you speak, no. but not this time. When you see, not when you this see SeatGeek <laughs> come, I'm you're excited. like, you're clear. You're, you are dialed Precise, in. you dial in. <laughs> I'm excited. Hey, by the way, I meant to say. 155 bucks from 155 up is your share tickets on oh. SeatGeek right well, here. Well, I made a mistake. Share is expensive. She is, and I paid more. And than if that. you were to use this right now, <laughs> you would also get twenty dollars well, off. I was gonna say, here's that's what's up. I mean, not only do they find you the cheapest tickets, but the best thing of all, you know, when you jump on with the road show, they want to help out the listeners. So all of our listeners, they get twenty dollars off their first purchase. So uh. you just sign up. Of course, you use that code that we use, Roadshow, all one word. Just can I ask a question? Just like for Freshly. Can I ask a question? You, you may can. not know this. Is it SeatGeek's not local, right? It's, 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 it's all oh, over? It's international. International. All over, oh, son. shit. Tickets everywhere, all right. son. All right. Wherever People, you want to go. Christmas season. <laughs> anniversaries are coming up. up Don't Detroit. make the same mistake Fiasco made. Don't pay full price. <laughs> all right. Use that promo code Roadshow. $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's the best way to do it. All right, let's take a look at the rest of this card, by the way. Uh, we're admitting it, right? I mean, this is not the best card of all time on on, uh, on paper. Totally get that. Um, it is interesting to me, though, like we're going to know a lot about how the flyweight division looks after this. It, it's kind of weird because <laughs> in some ways – 
the whole season of Tough was just like thrown out because you're like, ah, we're bringing y'all in anyway. They're all coming in anyway. So, so it's a little bit weird, but we do get to see, um, you know, kind of where everybody's gonna where everybody's gonna play out a little bit. The co-main event: Sean O'Malley versus Terry and Ware. Sean O'Malley. I'm, I'm excited about this fight. Sean O'Malley, of course, the kid that was identified on Dana White's uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series, uh, got the UFC deal, looked phenomenal. You know, they, they, they were playing the highlights. I had kind of forgotten how violent that fight was, to be honest with you. They were playing it again as we were waiting on the, on the weigh-ins today. Um, kid's got some definite potential. You know, he's been training since he was a teenager, started in boxing, switched over to MMA, trains at the, the MMA lab out in Arizona under John Crouch. I'm a big fan of John Crouch. John Crouch is a big fan of Sean O'Malley. He says, like, this kid's the real deal. Uh, but Tarion Wares is, is no joke. A tough dude. He came up short in his UFC debut, uh, but just showed a ton of heart and a ton of chin. So uh, big fight there. Bob Honcheck versus Lauren Murphy, of course. We mentioned that one earlier. That's a, that, that is still a very, very good fight in the women's flyweight division. Um, Brett Johns, Joe Soto's on there. Joe Mirscott versus Eric Spicely. That's the main card, six-fight main card. Deanna Bennett's on there against Melinda Fabian. Um, Anything standing out to you guys? Again, I know this is basically, I mean, this is basically the entire Ultimate Fighter 25 it's cast the whole, it's fighting. 26, but it's a whole show. But think yeah. about it. Seven out of 11 fights are women fights. There's only four dudes wild. fight. That's fucking crazy. I mean, it's granted, feel yeah, like an Invicta card. Yeah, I mean, that's what it does. I mean, it really does. And in fact, a lot of these people are, have had time in the Invicta right. stage. You know. Um, no, I mean, I think it's exciting. I mean, I know you're very excited for the Sean O'Malley. I'm excited to see eventually if the UFC is ever going to actually color in his picture and not use the black and white picture. <laughs> I said Only you would care about that. <laughs> but, I mean, Sean, just strikes Sean O'Malley me. might I'm care like, about that too. That's so weird. Well, as much as he cares about himself, I'm sure he's talked about it multiple, wow. multiple times. Oh, that's some hate. I was actually going to say yeah. I was going to come back. I'm like, did you guys listen to any of his stuff? Like, I mean, like. He, he thinks very highly of himself. Well, that's and good. I mean, that's good, though. That, that, it he, is. He knows how to sell himself. I was going to say that the, I like this guy. Actually, I followed him during the Contender Series because um, the, the way they, they did it, um, every guy came through. We just had, like I think, four days uh, in a week, and we just did everybody. There's kind of a car wash situation right. where uh, we, we, we basically embedded with one guy and just followed him through the entire process, and I had Sean O'Malley. And uh, he's got tons of personality. I mean, I, I can see if you're, like, maybe on the – if, if you see him as a certain perspective, you could probably see him as kind of brash and just like, oh, this guy is a piece of shit. But I gotta say, he's that's where cold coffee leans. Right? Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think <laughs> I'm just like he's well, not a really piece of cool shit. But just that he's that he's that he's he's very high on his skills. Right. And he's I think very that's, high that's on his talent. Like, this is kind of that new era. I feel like that I, I like a guy who's that confident, but he's also uh, very telegenic. He, uh, he he's got a great story and he's a winner, and that, that's what I like about him. Is, is that this could be that second coming because we're living in a kind of a post-Connor world. I mean, I'm not going to say that we are, aren't, oh, but. So you're trying to say he's the second coming of Connor? I'm just saying we need some more of those people. So the more from the Connor oh, look, school. On this page, they covered him in. We'll, oh, uh, he's already getting better. Yeah, he's got a color picture. This is a color picture. We'll, we'll address uh, in a little bit exactly what a post-Connor world means because. Uh, <laughs> the whole world could be post-Connor very soon if things keep going the way they're going. Uh, no, that, I, I am. I am excited. Brett Johns, Brett Johns, undefeated Welsh kid, 25 years old. I mean, he looks like the real deal as well, so there's a lot of hype around him. He came of, with some fun personality. Yeah. I, like, I like that. The little sock pull-up. Yeah, very, I mean, like, very, subtle. You, you need to have people you know. that have a little showmanship, you know? It's he's, he's definitely got it. I, th I think those are the ones that stand out. Uh, should say, I guess, and, and Fiasco, I don't know if you have any more insight on this, but this is funny. 
Uh, Karine uh, Gavorgian, of course, she missed weight. She came in at 130. That By was an lot. interesting part this morning, too. So she weighed in at 130.5, and basically the NSAC was like, she's got to weigh 130 or she's not fighting. So she had to come back and, and cut a little bit more, and she did make she it did. on the second time around. They did do the whole one hour. you know. So they basically stayed consistent, even though it seems like sometimes they make stuff up. Uh, they did stay consistent to the Kevin Lee situation right. where they gave her one hour from the time she first weighed in during the two-hour window and then gave her an hour from there. She did come back and make weight. But we did hear an interesting story that uh, her flight was delayed. She flew in from Moscow. Her <laughs> yeah. flight was delayed in LAX. And I don't know who made the call on this. We haven't <laughs> been able to figure out, like, who made the call. I bet it was her manager or somebody. But she ended up taking an Uber from, <laughs> from LAX LA. to Vegas. That's that was kind of wild. That's crazy. I still, I, I, one nobody person, knows. I wonder what it cost. One person replied to your Twitter, and their like Uber showed bucks. like 300 It was on Lyft. They got, they, they they got a $300 th quote Lyft, on Lyft. They did Lyft, but then another person put it, and I think theirs was saying it was like four something, 480 to like six or seven. I mean, what do you do if you're that Uber driver, right? Like at that point, you just like buy a room in Vegas that night. You're like, I already drove out of here. Yeah, like, I'm not driving commit. back. It's funny. I actually yeah. took an Uber here, and I was actually asking, have you ever done a uh, an Uber to California? He's like, yeah, once in a while. Like, I'm like, oh, but, but he's like, once well, in a while. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm, I'm from southern, southern California, so it's basically like, I, you, you know, put in and you'll yeah. accept it. Like, if I go down there, I'm, I'm staying there, you know? Because you ain't, gonna, you ain't coming back for pay. That can't happen that often. Oh, well, I'm naive to think that that doesn't happen that often. I should say once it's in a while. It's a four-hour drive. Who would think for a second, like, dude, like, I really want to go to Vegas tonight. The airport's probably closed right now. Because otherwise, <laughs> you'd just be cheaper buying an airline ticket, right? Like, or just rent a car. But here's the thing, timing, though. Rent a car that, for a weekend. I've always thought, yeah. thought about this. The, the, the point you get to, like, you get to the airport, say, two hours in advance. Right. You're waiting. Then it boards. Then it flies the 30 minutes. Then you get off. and it, it, I feel like you almost kind of recoup the time. Maybe it's, like, only 30 minutes faster. No offense to Rachel Ostevich, who uh, is fighting Karina, but I kind of want Karina to win just so we get the post-fight interview so I can ask her. <laughs> <laughs> who the hell made this call, by the way, to jump in this Uber? And uh, who didn't update DC's weight card? For the weigh-in right. today. It kept driving me crazy. DC struggled. He was like, bit. 130 and a half. I'm like, no, she re-weighed at 130. And then he gets on there again. He's like, 130 half. I'm like, no, it's not right. DC's great as a fighter. He's great as a commentator. As the uh, the yelling guy on stage, <laughs> not – He's got some room to grow. He's got some room to grow. Yeah, you know what? He's got potential. Yeah. He's got potential. Uh, I guess the only other thing I would say, uh, for whatever reason, if it stands out to you that, like, Montana De La Rosa, who the hell is that? I've never heard. Uh, that was formerly Montana Stewart. She got married. Her name has been changed officially by the UFC as well. So, uh, yeah. That should be a fun one. I it think should that's be. going to be a fun one. It should be. So, I think all right. it's going to be a fun card. I mean, I, I, we always get pleasantly surprised, you know. And I think, if anything, this would be a card if people want to – gauge the strength of what women's MMA currently is at and at a, at a high level, this is one of those cards that hopefully it'll pull off. Like, I love watching Invicta, and I love watching those shows, and I'll watch it, and I'm like, man, that was awesome. That was fun. So this is a, a possibility of one of those moments for a lot of people to say, okay, now I get why people are talking about women's MMA. Now I get what they've been could saying be about night. it. This could be a big, big night. If they all show up and put on the fights that we know they're all capable this could leave a good taste in a lot of people's mouth that had no idea of the current state of women's MMA. Interesting night. It's uh, it's at a new venue, Park Theater, which is a, a first time for the UFC to uh, hold a fight card in there. Uh, Beautiful theater. We'll see how yeah, it, I hope it goes all we'll right. We'll see how it plays out anytime <laughs> we're in a new venue. It's always a little worrisome. We'll see how it plays out. It's a, bu it's a beautiful venue, though. Uh, so I'm anxious to see like, kind of how the setup looks and everything tonight or tomorrow night. So 
uh, yeah, that's the Ultimate Fighter 26. Uh, you know, if you need tickets, you just go to SeatGeek. Before you get there, you just eat a little freshly, you know, throw down your little freshly meal, get your SeatGeek ticket, and you come on down. Uh, all right, listen, I uh, should say, <laughs> in terms of our frosty beverages just here. Just notice your web page isn't updated. It still got the wrong fights. <laughs> it still says Pepsi Montana versus yeah. Ebay. Pepsi oh, yeah. Pepsi doesn't have fight cards. Damn it, Pepsi, get your shit together. It just together. has Pepsi versus it's Coke. Got can, can we talk contact? briefly about our, our about our fine Ballast Point beverages that have been distributed to us this evening? <laughs> yes. A Ballast Point home game. You know how we do in Las Vegas. They're, they're working with the fine folks here at, uh, at Boomers where we do Thirsty Thursday. Mm. And they gave us some good stuff tonight. Barmy. Can we just start with the Barmy? Let's start with the Barmy. Let's start about the, yes. 12%, son. 12%. 12%. Golden Ale with apricot and honey. And it is every bit 12%. Like, oh. as you try it, and we even remarked about it a little bit at first, when you swish it around, you kind of get that smell. It kind of reminds you of the, the, the honey liqueurs. Definitely. You know, like a honey gin. Like the honey bourbons honey or the honeys. Or whatever. Yeah. You could definitely feel like you get a, a taste of that. Like, it's going in that direction. It's solid. Twelve percent is solid. It, it, it will. Uh, we were told to be careful with this. Right, you know, if, for those who don't know, Ballast Point, San Diego-based brewery, they're partnering up with us because our man Anthony Beach reached out and hooked us up. The that, beach. That's, what's yeah, up. beach. That's, that's, a, that's a bad dude right there. And uh, our buddy Steve, who here is, is in Las Vegas, is the one that's been hooking us up with the different different beers that they make and telling us that now. He told us straight up. He's like, this one, be careful with it. He's like, it's twelve percent. It but it doesn't taste. It like doesn't 12%. taste like twelve percent, <laughs> and you will be on your ass before you realize it. And he was—he uh, was accurate, right? I mean, this yeah. thing—it goes down smooth. It is very smooth, and I feel uh, kind of bad because uh, I—we I, said the beach, but uh, we didn't. We, there's no Steve call out, like Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the see, one guy right creates there. the. Well, I mean, in fairness, though. The beach doesn't keep the beer coming. He just set up the partnership. Yeah, so the beach is getting too much credit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, right. beach. Sorry, Steve. beach. Steve. Steve. <laughs> so we did. So we did that. The ba the barmy is solid, man. And then we're also doing. Uh, we've been kind of alternating back and forth. We got the sea rose, or as I like to call it, the sea rose Nami Yunus. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. no. Our buddy Steve. Steve. He calls it the uh, the rosé. The rosé of the Ballast Point this collection. This is a, a it is quite a, airy, I will yes, say. With a it does. Of, has yeah. lots of bubbles, little yeah. like what do you call that? Effervescence, a little something. What, no, effervescence. Effer effervescence. <laughs> isn't it called umami? <laughs> oh no, the the barmy feels like umami. I was even saying like the rosé feel like it hit. It's a tart cherry wheat ale, so I felt like it was hitting like the front of my tongue, a little sweet and sour, a little tart at the front, but the barmy was hitting on the back, nearing the umami points. <laughs> I feel like we're trying to, you're trying to like get people to drink more Ballast Point. I, I think you're working counter to that. Uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm explaining. The Ballast Point hits all ranges of your taste receptors all over the place. It, it's just good stuff, people. Bro, I mean, have mm. we done? By the way, have we done well as 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 a podcast? I mean, look at our advertising portfolio: drinking, eating, and entertainment tickets. Like that's <laughs> that, what's up. I mean, that's really you know, like if we come at like if we come at you one day with like, uh, by the way. Uh, Jim's formal wear, <laughs> you know what I mean? Then you're going to know we sold out, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? That we're just like, we'll, we'll take money from exactly. anybody. We, we just need the airfare. <laughs> I wear it. We need the, the airfare and the Airbnb oh, covered. We'd be set. We need the place to stay, and we need the how to get there, and then we're and set. And then we're set. Because then we got food we delivered got food. that we can pop in the microwave. We got the beer we can drink while we're there, 
and while we're in town, we get the cheap tickets got the to do whatever we gotta do. But you That's also need to be up. sponsored by a high class gin. I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm <laughs> you mean by Hendrick, Pepsi? Hendrix, uh, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, we love you. Holler at your boy Fiasco yeah. Jones. All right, uh, <laughs> all right. Listen, uh, I want to talk about some things outside. We'll, we'll get to UFC 218 as well, but I do want to talk about a couple of hot times because the probably the big news of the week, as far as we we're concerned, is we got to sit down for an hour. With Dana White, USC President Dana White actually set up a media lunch. Oh, D-Dubs. Just another lunch with D-Dubs. Oh, D-W. Hey, fella. (laughs) (laughs) We did get to have a media lunch. And and this was wild, man. It kind of came out of the blue. It was funny because when I was still in Shanghai, uh, the USC PR team was like, hey, listen, we're thinking about putting together this lunch on Tuesday. Would Would you be able to make it? I'm like, would I be able to make a lunch with Dana White where we can ask him anything and get headlines and stories? Yes, I think I can fit that into my busy schedule uh but it was interesting to hear they put it together because dana has not been doing a lot of stuff like this i mean it's no. been a while since he's hosted something like this and you know it seems like he's doing i don't want to say less media but yeah a little bit you know he, yeah. he doesn't do as many press conferences he doesn't do as many big you know radio and tv tours um so this is kind of interesting that he set this up and uh a lot of stuff in there the, the, it was an hour-long discussion it's funny because it was actually a little bit over an hour there's an archive on YouTube if you want to watch the whole hour. You'll notice that it starts in kind of a weird spot. It's because the first five or six minutes we were actually talking about The Ultimate Fighter, which hadn't aired yet. And yeah. so we were talking about the finalists and, you know, what he thought about it. So we had to cut that part out because we wanted to go ahead and get the archive up. But it's funny because then it all became completely irrelevant with everything that <laughs> happened this morning. Because, you know, true. we had kind of intended to come back after today and, and put that part of it up. Um, so the, the first part about it was The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, but there's a lot of really interesting things. But there's there's a couple really kind of big points I want to talk on. Um, and the first one, I think, is where you have to start, is on Conor McGregor. Uh, a, a lot of discussion on Conor McGregor and kind of where he stands and where he's going and what's happening. And, uh, you know, I think the best thing to do is, uh, especially since I need to uh, refresh on some of these Bows Point Frosty beverages anyway, mm-hmm. is just let you guys hear the discussion. Uh, you're going to hear myself. You're going to hear Kevin Ioli. You're going to hear uh, Brett Akamoto. You're going to hear Scott Peterson. I mean, there's a couple journalists in there that you're going to hear, uh, but you're going to hear Dana White's answers and, and uh, as he talks about anything and everything that is Conor McGregor right now. Do you know anything about what happened with Conor or allegedly happened in Ireland with hitting a mob guy? No, but I don't think it's true because no. if it was true, it would be big. Conor can friggin', you know, Conor can walk down the street and it's big news now. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if Conor, if this was true, I, I just have to believe it would be off the charts crazy. Did, did you call him or call Adi or anybody at all to no. find out about that? No. And if I, it's true, I, we'll end up finding out. I don't chase... I can't chase all these things around. If they're true, we'll get it figured out and we'll go from there. Does it concern you, though? You know, you had a history with uh, wise guys back in Boston. The fact that allegedly one of the guys he had was in the mob. If that's true, that's probably not a very good thing for Connor, right? And uh, yeah, can't be. It can't be a good thing for Connor. Well, can you? Can you? But you never know. I don't know how that stuff works among. You know, I didn't. I didn't know any of those guys or, or, or any of that stuff, but it can, I'm sure it can be worked out too. You know, uh, didn't uh, you know Jake Lamada's brother beat the shit out of a wise guy too, and they figured it out. I was gonna say, I mean, the, the one we, we don't know about that one yet. The one we do know about, we haven't heard you guys talk about or offer comment <clears> on, was the issue in Bellator where he jumped the cage, pushed the referee, slapped the employee, the Bellator employee that was trying to get him off the cage. I mean, can you give us an update? I'm just kind of. 
where his head is, where you guys stand. I mean, is he going to face any punishment for that? Because, I mean, yeah. it seemed like pretty inexcusable behavior. Listen, the, the punishment, you know, he was being dealt with by, by the head of the ABC. And we were going to fight him, we, you know, regardless of what Adi says. We were working on a fight for him at the end of the year, and he's just not ready. I, listen, we're still in that. We're still in that. Connor might never fight again. Guy's got a fucking hundred million dollars. You know, I got guys that made less than that and fucking were lawyers and went to school their whole life and quit working. Right? When you go to school your whole life to be a lawyer and you're a good lawyer, you make a few bucks and you're done. Guy sitting home every day watching fucking cartoons or whatever he's doing. I don't know. You know, Joe Silva doesn't work anymore. You know, these guys make money and that's it. But how to Fighting's the worst. Fighting's the worst. Try, try to get up and get punched in the face every day when you got $100 million in the bank. You know, uh, money changes everything with a lot of people. So we'll see. When you talk with him, what is, what's the sense that you get with Connor? Every time you talk to Connor, it's, you, you don't know. Who knows, you know? Um, he's, uh, he's a very unique individual. I love the kid. I love the kid, man. I think he's fun. He's, he's, uh, he's definitely, you know, when we talk about guys, if you look at all the money Connor's made, there's guys who always bitch about money and I should have more money. Connor can't be paid enough money. Connor's worth every penny and more, you know? Um, and the other thing with the Bellator thing, he's a young, rich kid who is a god in Ireland, you know. That's, that's not the healthiest environment either. It's, it's just, it's all part of, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember in the very beginning with John Jones, you know, there's no doubt the talent was there. I used to go, the guy's talented, but he's, he's young and he's rich and he's the king of the world right now. Hopefully he can keep it together, and that was way before any of the crazy shit started happening. And and there it is. It just this is it happens. So, so and, and, and what's weird is it happens more in this sport in fighting yeah. in the fighting business than it does in any other sport. You said it. I think he won in what the title one twenty nine, John. Right. Yeah. So you said it one twenty nine specifically. You said now we'll, now we'll find out. And you you used the phrase Klingons mm. with with him at that press right. conference. I remember you saying that. Klingons are the ones that drag you down. And so the, the, the question with Connor is it doesn't seem to be Klingons so much as Connor himself. That's Connor's got a lot, too. I mean, when he travels, he's got friggin' people for days with him, you know? And uh, when you make that kind of money, you're that famous, and you're a professional athlete, you're going to have an overload of Klingons. And... Uh, yeah. Let's say he never fights again. Do you, do you in retrospect say we messed up making that Mayweather fight? Mm -mm. No. <laughs> I mean, the kid made a lot of money. That's 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 what that's what we're all here for. We cut through all the bullshit and all. This. We're all here to make money. You're sitting in this room right now to make money. That's why we're all here. And and we had an opportunity for him to go in, and 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 make more money than he's ever made in his life. I wouldn't change a thing. I knew going into that fight, because of that fight, he might never fight again. Yeah. When we wrote it, you ripped us for that. What do I rip you for? Oh, that's, he, he's absolutely fighting again. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I never said he's absolutely fighting again. Uh -huh. Even before the fight, I said, this could be the end of him. Who knows? He might never fight again after this. He's absolutely fighting. I never said that. 
I, I said, listen, know. he's telling me. All I can go off is what he says to me. He's telling me that he's absolutely going to fight again. That doesn't mean he's going to. Right. No, no I, I agree. Right. I mean, I agree with what you said. Right. But did he express... So you were trying to do a fight at the end of the year for him. Was he expressing desire for that? Yeah. He was... Honestly, with no bullshit, this kid's always been down. If, if you know, we need him to jump in and he has to fight, he's always will we'll jump up, fight, fight anybody, anywhere. He's that kind of guy. He really is. That, I, listen... For me to have so much respect for a guy like Connor, it's because he's the absolute total package. Right. This kid will literally fight anybody. Um, you know, he's actually not that hard to deal with, to be honest with you. If he could show up on fucking time, he'd be perfect. You know what I mean? Other than that, the kid would be perfect. You know, is he cocky? He deserves to be cocky. The kid's incredible. That's, being cocky is part of this business. If you're not cocky, you're probably in the wrong business. You know, you have to believe in yourself the way that this guy believes in himself. I love all of that stuff. He's hilarious. He's got, like, comedic timing. Um, you know, he's fun. He's fun to watch fight. The whole deal. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't feel that way about him if he really wasn't that type of kid. But he really is. He's really not that hard to deal with. When do you have to start making a decision on his title, though? You know, you got Ferguson saying defend or vacate. And you're saying, you know... Maybe he Ferguson fight. has no business to talk about anything. So, listen, we ain't, we ain't taking any direction from Ferguson, okay? Yeah. But does it, I mean, do you have to start thinking about, oh, he's got to get in there and defend this belt, or yes. we got to pull it off of him? Yes, definitely. Yeah. What you have to want him to fight again, don't you? I mean, you, of course. you had that conversation with him and, and try to encourage him and say, come on, Connor, let's it's, go. Let's you do, know, do you know how many people, including Ioli and all kinds of other people over the last you know, however many years been telling me, George St. Pierre is your biggest star. Don't tell me you don't want George St. Pierre to fight again. I sure. Said, I said Rondo oh, yeah. was the biggest star. Well, I'm just saying, whoever Rose it was, I'm, I'm throwing GSP out there. So, you know, everybody always says to me, you have to want this guy to fight. You got to want this guy to fight. I don't want anybody to fight unless they want to fight. This isn't a business where you can just make people fight. You either want it or you don't. You know, and that was my big thing with GSP. He wasn't acting like a guy who really wants it. At the end of the day, I'm going to run this business with or without anybody. You know, it's just, it, it, it's, if Connor wants to fight again, absolutely we want Connor to come fight. But if Connor walks away and doesn't ever want to fight again, it's part of the game. At what point do you say uh, defend or vacate the belt? Well, we need, we need to figure that. We're, it's, right now, it's not with him. It's not about defend or, or vacate. We're working on a new deal right now with him. And where does it could be March, it could be April, or, or yeah. how close are we? we, we got to work out this new deal. Yeah. Does he get points? Huh? Does he get points? <laughs> Did Jordan get points? <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, just to follow up on Connor, though, you know, when you said that uh, he, he's your friend, like, and I think, you know, Connor and Ronda are different maybe than, say, Jones was when Jones was on top, right? right? Where you had a different relationship with them. So just because of the personal relationship you have with him, do you, don't you feel obligated or in some way don't you want to call him and say, dude, what the fuck's up? And, like, you know, you're getting yourself the Klingons and whatever, the speech you made to John Jones in public. You can't. To make to him in private? You can't. No? You can't. I, I, I've learned over the years you can't have these conversations with them. They're all grown men and women, mm -hmm. you know? To be honest with you, the only one who's really ever listened to me in fucking all these years is Chuck and Rhonda. And those are really the only two that would actually listen to what I said. Rhonda was going to get a sleeve. I said, no, you're fucking not. Get a what? <laughs> sleeve. 
tattoos all the way up to her fucking neck. I'm like, no, you're not. You're not getting a sleeve. Listen, tattoo yourself up as much as you want when you retire. Do not get a sleeve. And she listened to me. I told Connor, stop doing it. And he goes, you're fucking old. That's why you don't like them. <laughs> I said, you think a fucking screaming gorilla on your chest looks good? He says, you're too old. You don't get it. I said, maybe you're right. You were good on that tattoo thing. You got more than we, we thought you did. Yeah. When, when are you getting a tattoo? Never. <laughs> no, you Th think about this. What, everybody in this room right now, what do you love so much other than like your kids, right? Well, that you would tattoo on your body. What the fuck would you tattoo on? I'll buy a t-shirt in every color and I'll wear it every day for 30 days. I guarantee you, you get tired of it. You know what I mean? Imagine if back in the 80s, I got a tattoo. What the fuck would I have on me right now, right? <laughs> Shit that I'm definitely not into right now, I can promise you that. That Patriots logo. I'd have right the there. Culture Club logo on my fucking back <laughs> or something, right? Hell no. So there's Dana White talking about Conor McGregor, and we're going to talk about it. But before we do, let me just say real quick, if you like what you listen to, do me a favor. Please, do us all a favor. Jump into iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you leave us a, a quick rating if you got a moment. Please, just go in there and review us real quick. That stuff helps us out a little bit, helps more people find the show, helps all those algorithms and all that scientific all stuff. I don't know stuff. nothing about SEO but you, people. You could be like my man Slum Shady, 989, who said, great show, love these guys. I've always heard John on post-fight scrums, and I love that he has such an informative look and interviews with all the fighters. Give it a listen. And by the way, I should so the, the title of that Shady. was Great Show, Love John, and Coffee. Oh, mm -hmm. Slum Shady, my man. Slum Shady. So, yes, thank you for uh, thank you for that. And yeah, definitely check out the, the iTunes, give the ratings, and, again, give thanks to our wonderful sponsors that are helping us do. Damn straight. Uh, All right, Conor McGregor, let's just talk about it, guys. Uh, I'm worried, man. I'm worried. You know, these, these, these reports that are coming out of, of, of Ireland that he's getting into a bar brawl, and now there's a, a, a mafia, you know, ransom on his safety or whatever I mean I, I still find it a little bit weird because I mean he hasn't been named in any reports by name it's it's been you know famous Irish star or whatever but then of course he plays along with it and goes on Instagram and posts the, the star the superstar or whatever it was um, but you know and none of the Irish media of course the Irish media that's weird because I mean they're all so closely tied maybe they're 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 not reporting anything because they feel like they can't but I, I feel like the Irish media over there, if they knew more, the, the Irish women made me that, I should say, they, they, you know, they would say something. They're not. So I'm not fully convinced. You heard Dana say he's not convinced. I'm not fully convinced yet that, that this is Connor. But it is scary. And I do just feel like his behavior is going so off the deep end, man, that I'm kind of worried. I, I, I know that sounds stupid. I mean, like – I mean, if the guy does go off the deep end, and let's say, like like Dana says, maybe he doesn't ever fight again, and maybe, I mean, the guy's got $100 million in the bank. I mean, you, you can live like a complete asshole for quite a long time with $100 million. For the rest and, of your life, you do it right. You know what I mean? You can do it, and, and, and you'll be just fine. It's not like he's hurting for money. It's not like he has to fight again, and it's not like he owes, you know, can't, well, he needs to fight again. He doesn't need to do shit. He needs to do whatever makes him happy, you know what I mean? But I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm literally like worried for the guy, man. I'm literally worried for the guy, especially if this stuff with the mafia and stuff is true. Like now, you're talking about crossing borders, and and uh, that you shouldn't be crossing. You know what I mean? And and getting yourself into trouble. And I hate it. 
and I just feel like, damn it, I wish somebody was around them to just grab them by the shirt collar and shake them a little bit and be like, what are you doing, man? Come on. You got all this, you know, you, your, your life is amazing, and, you know, you go too hard and fast, and all of a sudden that life's over. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, man. I'm not trying to be that guy. I mean, uh, it's not exactly like I worry about health and safety a whole lot, you know what I mean, in my own personal life. But, I mean, this guy is an elite athlete, an elite entertainer, a superstar, and just the, 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 the things that are going on, God, it just seems red flag after red flag after red flag, and I'm, I'm worried for the guy. Yeah, Pepsi's making me take a lot of OSHA classes, so health and safety is uh, <laughs> preeminent in my mind. <laughs> well, you figure, I mean, Klingons, as Dana likes mm. to call them and others like to call them, aren't going to do a great job of stopping the guy that's throwing a lot of money around to, to take you places, to go out to bars, to go other places. And, I mean, genuinely, I think when, when Connor does some of these things, it probably genuinely is pretty fun to be around when he, he does act up. And if something did happen, you know, like say this bar fight that started this whole Irish mafia, you know, fiasco, you know, who knows what started the whole thing. Hopefully it wasn't him saying something. Maybe it was just a matter of sticking up for a friend. I think it puts a whole different light if you think of, oh, Connor sticking up for a friend in a bar fight accidentally hits a supposed mob boss right. father or somebody connected, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, with the, the way that any any particular person, I think, that's out there in the spotlight runs the risk of finding these crazy people that can do harm. You know, we've seen stars that have had that happen to them, you know, from, who is it, Selena had their fan club manager, you yeah, know, end up crazy, off in her. Right? I mean, there's... There's crazy people out there, you know, so the last thing you need to do is really go out there and try to find it. Um, not that that's what he's trying to do, you know, but unfortunately in, in a place where, you know, maybe, you know, with this, the uh, fighters, the personality, the type of money that these guys have thrown it around, it's going to attract people that, that love it, but also a lot of haters that hate it, you know, and maybe want a piece of it, you know, and Connor's very, he's very bold, he's very, protective of his friends he's very protective of himself and if somebody comes up to him and and is trying to swing like he's got a bigger dick in the room i can see where connor would probably take you know take you know some like i don't like that right you know and maybe want to say something and in the wrong situation that can go bad but if he has the wrong people around him that nobody's ever gonna be like yo bro hey can I just slow down a little bit because i feel like if they do at this point he's probably like ah, eh, you're no fun right now right i'm not gonna deal with you right now I'm going to go do my thing, you know. And that's what and I'm that's worried about because, like, you know, from an athlete perspective, like, I'd love to see him fight again, right? I mean, I, I think what Dana is saying is true. Like, there is yeah. a reality that he never fights again. I mean, you have that much money in the bank, and you're like, the thought of getting back into a training camp and and, 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 yeah. and, and kind of cutting off this lifestyle, like, I get why you'd be like, dude, why? You know what I mean? I made $100 million. Yeah, you're going to pay me 10 or $15 million or whatever it is, and, and, hell, that's no, you know, that's nothing to sniff at. That's another yeah. nice chunk of change. But, like, ah, oh, man, I got to sacrifice – I got to risk. I mean, because, dude, I mean, he could walk away right now and, 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 and never, you know, not risk losing, not, you know. Cause Prestige and his reputation. Exactly. All that stuff is there. But, I mean, the guy's 29 years old. I'd love to see him fight again. I'd love to see him. I mean, the Diaz trilogy, like, there's something to it. I mean, there, there is a reason to do it, right? I mean, they both have huge fan bases and they both drive – casual I mean that would be the fight of the year no matter what year you did it in pick any year over the next five years and that would be the biggest fight of the year if you do it 
you know, the, the Ferguson fight, Ferguson's right there, man. He's got yeah. the interim title. He deserves the opportunity to fight for the unified title. I, I, I didn't necessarily like the way Dana answered that question where he's like, hold on, Tony Ferguson's not calling any shots or whatever. And I get it. That's Dana. He's emotional. You know, he reacts to things. Yeah. But, but, I mean, dude, that, that, that title has not been defended in over a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's been over a year. We didn't know what's going on. it's not due to injury. And it's that, not due to injury. That's a, that's, a, that's a big kicker right there. You know, it's one thing if it's injury. So I feel like we need I feel like we need to know pretty soon what's happening. I feel like Connor needs to make a decision pretty soon. And, and if it's not fight again, that's fine. I mean, that's okay. I'd love yeah. to see him fight again. He's, he's a great showman, and, and, and I think there's things he could do. But if it's not fight again, that's fine. But even if it's not fight again, I'm, st- like, still, like, check yourself, man. Like, Enjoy yeah. yourself a little bit more privately, or a little. I, you know what I mean. I'm not trying to stand here in judgment. I like Conor McGregor. Just, you hear these stories, and it sounds very much like true Hollywood story. Like mm, here's the way down to rock bottom, you yeah. know. And I don't. I just. Ah. Well, I think that's the thing. Is like I mean, he had this just meteoric rise, and he just came from nothing to become such a big, big star. And like part of it's like even if he doesn't fight. There's a party that's just happy for what he's been able to do, and you right. hate to see at some point, like the missteps that maybe eventually crumbles, you know, the tower that he's built so high, you know, from his successes. You know, you want him to just stay there. If anything, yeah. it's almost like if you're not gonna fight again, that's great, dude. You've done so cool, and like I'll tell people, and we'll talk about you for years and years. You to come. did it. You, you made did the it. dream. You did it. That, Don't like, give us the bullshit to talk no, about. That's the pinnacle of prize fighting. Right. You know? a, it, we're begging him not to become a stereotype is what it is. The guy who was up-jumped into this massive wealth and then, then just goes and blows it off right. in the most extravagant possible way. I mean, don't become a stereotype because – Honestly, there's been a huge population of people that saw him come out of nothing and said, well, he's going to blow it away. I mean, he's kind of, at this point, living up, living up to expectations. And there's, but, I mean, here's a dude that, you know, was a plumber. Right. And was like, F that. I'm not going to be a plumber. Like, I'm going to be a prize fighter. And he did it. Which is not, there's nothing wrong with plumbing. Nothing wrong with plumber. But, I, no, not, but not at all. Financially, we <laughs> understand the, the, the there's dynamic There's a huge there. difference <laughs> if you're a plumbing advertiser that would like to get with the MMA roads. No, no. No, but, I mean, it's hey, just, yeah. I mean, Rocho lays pipe, yo. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's our plug for I your, your, your I guess that's the big thing. <laughs> I don't want to be overly dramatic. You know what I mean? I really don't. And, and again, if the guy never fights again, it's on him. I just, I, I am kind of worried about him, and I, and I hope that something around him changes or that, I mean, may, I mean, dude, if I got $100 million, I can't imagine. I mean, I, I live like an idiot now. No, you know what I mean? It's different, though. They're, they're, and this is why it kind of counter to the Klingons concept is that uh, Conor McGregor has shown no – uh, he's shown an inclination toward this kind of behavior. Like it's not like he had someone whispering in his ear, "Hey, Connor, let's go fight in a bar somewhere." Uh, no, this is who Connor is. You know, this is this is everything about him. Well, you know what I've had. You know, I've had multiple people say, and it sounds weird, but it's true. It's he is becoming the character that he was always playing. Right. You know what I mean? Like he was a guy who was playing a character of like the the rich, crazy. You know, and now he's that guy. It's like now he can't just be like, "Hey, what?" What's up, bro? It's the Just ultimate form right. of you know method I mean? acting. Is that like he was playing a character and he became the character? And I actually don't think that's completely at all far from the idea. That I, 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 I invent, yes, I think right? Because it's, it's yes. I mean, it's dude. What he manufactured. What I mean, again, his fighting talents 
I'm not trying to take away from his fighting talents. He's a great fighter. That's why he's is, here. Is he the greatest fighter of all time? I mean, when people talk about the greatest fighter of all time, right, you know, they, they talk about Anderson Silva. They talk about Fedor Emelianenko. They talk about John Demetrius Jones. They Johnson. talk about Demetrius Johnson. I've never once, once had anybody be like, well, what about Conor? Right. You know what I mean? Nobody's saying he's the greatest fighter of all time. That being said, he's still a good fighter. He's a really, really good fighter yeah. with some great talents. But it was his personality. It was his showmanship. It was all that. Yeah. And he made this. Like, I, like we always say, like, I really feel like he willed that Floyd Mayweather fight into existence. Like the things yeah. that he's always talked about. Like you know, I, you know, I, I will these things. I visualize them and they happen. Like he really, he visual, he yeah. made well, that Floyd Mayweather fight happen. Because I, I mean, I, we've already had the conspiracy corner about the the idea of this like new thought, uh, this secret right. willing shit to happen. Uh, what he's not taking responsibility for is the fact that he's a great showman. Like, he needs to own that. There's no supernatural aspect right. of this. Is that he's the second coming of Chael Sonnen. Yeah. And, except Chael Sonnen couldn't actually match it up with wins. That's and right. Connor could. Right. And that fans of the sport, and even casual fans, probably in, the, in a greater majority, they want to see some guy trash-talking another guy um, in interesting, funny ways that are easily, you know, clickable and, and memeable and blah, blah, blah. Uh and then they're backing this horse, and he wins. Right. They feel like, oh, yeah, I just discovered this thing. This guy's my guy. He's the winner. He can trash talk you. And It's basically just backing the horse that is talking the most shit and winning. It's, 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 a, it's, it's, it's fulfilling. And so he, has, he hit a wave, and he rode it, and only probably he can in this era. There will be another Conor McGregor. There will be another one of these people that, that, that and may will may well do it differently and better. But right now, Conor McGregor seems like a phenomenon because he's the first to actually achieve this trash talk plus wins. I love it. I want to see. I want to see him back. I want to see the Tony Ferguson fight. I really want to see the Tony Ferguson fight more than I want to see the Diaz trilogy. Um, I mean, even the Diaz trilogy, like. They, well, I just I think people want to see Diaz fight again. People want to I mean, see Diaz that's, fight. That's again. it. I mean, like Diaz. I mean, outside the fact, of, I want to see Ferguson fight Conor because I think that's be an awesome fight to yeah. see. We like we respect Tony. We we'd love to see what that is, but also too Diaz brings his own wonderful set of weirdness throughout the fight week. I mean, I was gonna say this when you were talking about like the showmanship with Conor. Yes, his fight skills are great, and he pulls out these wonderful victories. But half of the fun of covering Conor is all the other shit. Right. It's all the fight week. That's it's all the so talk. Yeah. It's all the buildup. Like you said, he 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 made that may he willed that Mayweather fight to to existence. That's what? so different than just watching him beat you know Brandau and all this other stuff. Like the fight's great, but what do we remember? It's all the other shit. So it's true. Honestly, it's all the other like, fight stuff outside forget, of it that we remember. You can completely forget the Mayweather fight. It's yeah. the every stop of that world tour that yeah. was like, oh, shit. All the promotion, we everything did, we, else, right? Abby, Abby Saban, our, our European-based editor, before that Mayweather fight, we did two videos, and, and he produced them both. And it was, you know, Conor McGregor's uh, top ten moments inside the cage and top and Conor McGregor's top ten moments outside the cage. And the in-cage one was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is kind of a fun trip down memory lane. The yeah. outside of the cage, you were like, oh, I remember that. That was sick. Oh, that, you know, it was. That's all it the just, shit we remember. You're but I right. Just, I don't know, man. I feel like you have to – like you have to temp like you have to have moments of tempering down a little bit too. You know what I mean? Like for 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 a high peak to register, y you got to come down a little bit to the valley, right? You know what I mean? I feel like Connor is just like you know maxed out on eleven at all times right now, 
and I need to see I need to see a little bit because now it's just almost gotten to the point where I'm like, dude, seriously? Like, come well, on. And that's the thing yeah. that, like, if Conor McGregor were like, say, a comedian that fought. Uh, then yeah, he would have he would have these scheduled points like like he knows showmanship and then like oh I've got to fight now and that schedule but, the schedule the pause right. in there get let the but he knows that that's part of his career set, yeah. <laughs> he knows that's part of his career but like you said the the show has become the man right and right. Uh, he can't he doesn't know how to deinvest himself from that 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 personality that persona uh, so he's now just like anywhere he goes I'm sh and here's the thing like we don't know what it's like to live. As Conor McGregor, no. I'm sure you walk anywhere and people want the on the moment, like just give me some trash talk, Conor. You're the you're the biggest, you so baddest true. motherfucker in the world. Uh, so I'm sure that you know eventually. That's annoying. Know, who knows what that does to your psych psyche? Uh, even if it was just a game at the beginning, then it becomes like, come on, man, come on, man. Uh, I think probably comedians probably have the same issue because everyone wants a comedian to be funny. They don't understand that these guys. This is the written material. They cry it's a too. Craft. It's like it's like, it's they like cry. a band. They eat. They yeah, take shits. They, they shit, have to have downtime. Bad days. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they just want. They just want be funny. Be funny. Or Conor, Conor McGregor's pro, uh, respect. He's probably like, just come on. Who tell me about this? Tell me about this. Like it's not cool. We're just like, oh, did anybody notice Conor was over there eating dinner? Like that's right. weird. Just like, leave like, him no. alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you need to like that's. Right. Yeah. That's a very true. You point. expect him to walk into the room. I'm sure that some of the quote unquote Klingons are venues that probably, like, Conor McGregor is going to be here, and he ha he knows that this isn't just, like, I'm going to go ahead and have a drink with, you know, I have to be Conor McGregor. I have to come in there with the arms fucking flailing yeah. and shit. Yeah. But to go back to Diaz, I mean, the thing about Diaz, he's got his own other little fun fight week stuff, but I think what people love about Diaz and why it's fun when he had the fight with Conor, where Conor's been this, this big, brash, this over, bigger-than-life character, where Diaz has always represented, like, the – just the real, what right. I think, real grungy, just like no flash, no right. no whatever, just a dude that just goes out there and fights. But he also, he talks shit, and he's just real. I love the fucking Stockton salute, all that stuff that you just like, th he brings his own wonderful thing. So I would, I would not mind seeing Diaz fight sooner rather than later just for the fact because I have an affinity for Well, let me play devil's advocate because I totally agree with everything you're saying, right? And I wasn't going to say anything about this, but since you mentioned it, let me just say this. Because he is. Everything that you said is totally true. Right. But when you hear, and again, we haven't necessarily got it confirmed, but when you hear he's like 15 million, 15 million or I'm yeah. out, like does that take away the real a little bit? That you're like, well, it bro, well, it like depends. You, you won't go in for like 14.5? Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, because at that point you're pretty much saying like, hey, you have to fight on a pay-per-view, then it's going to have to be on a decent pay-per-view. But then, you know, if that's all the thing is, you know, if we can attribute it to a, a points where you're getting some sort of thing. Because I like when Dana was like, I forget how he phrased it when it was like, you know, trying to get somebody to, oh, you want me to come out with X amount of millions from the get-go, but we have to share in this process. Right. You know, you got to help work it as well. I can't just go out of the bank. That was bank when he was talking about say, Demetrius Johnson. Demetrius. Demetrius, you know, Demetrius, Demetrius Johnson versus Cody like, Garvin. Because Demetrius wanted $2 million, Yeah. And he's like, dude, like. I'm not saying we can't figure out a way for you to make $2 million, but I can't give you $2 million guarantee. Yeah, like you can't just come out of the top. Like to come out of the top with $15 million right off the get-go with no no PR push that because Diaz never wants to do the PR push, and that's what you need. If you're going to try to do $15 million, $50 million, $100 million on, a, on an event or whatever, you got to have the PR push. And if you're not willing to do that, how can you expect somebody to say, okay, 
I know this event's going to do well. Let, let's come out. But if he can play the game, I'm all about him making some money. If you want to give him two million, two to five billion, and it's on a, a pay-per-view, and he's not getting points, I can see that being all right. I'd be all right with that. I'd say I just for like the fact, because I guarantee, you know, depending on who he matched up with, he would probably. I don't know if he can move a million buys just on his own, but with the right matchup. I think he would. He could probably do five to seven fifty. I agree. I'd like to see. I I I hope we get. I hope we get uh, Connor and Ferguson here in Vegas, March third, UFC two twenty two. Because I mean, obviously that 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 fight doesn't make sense for those guys to go to Perth. You know what I mean? Like no no offense no to the Australians, it. but yeah. it doesn't make sense. Uh, two twenty in Boston already has a title fight, and that's too soon. I mean, that's that's around the corner. You'd have to already be in camp. So I got my fingers crossed. Will Hunt be on that Perth card? What's going on? With that? You know, he was out here in Vegas getting the whole brain stuff done. So yeah. we'll find out. All right, another star I want to talk about the day and talk about George St. Pierre. Interesting talk about George St. Pierre and what's next. Yeah. Uh, let's let's review real quick what Dana had to say about GSP. I do have you spoken to George St. Pierre since the since the No, film? George St. Pierre, we're talking today. George, I was on vacation and George St. Pierre was on vacation. For both the same amount of days, he except he got back yesterday. I got back Sunday, and uh, today we're talking. Do you expect him to, to go to Perth maybe and defend that belt? Or I, I don't even know if Perth is what what I what I want for him yet. So we're going to talk today, and we'll figure it out. You think there's a chance he, he vacates that belt and goes to, to 170? Or I mean, there's a lot of monsters in that. I division. don't want to hear that. That's not what I want to hear. I want to hear he's going to defend his 85 pound title. That's the agreement we made. That's the deal we made when we made the deal. Well, he always said that it's in his contract that he has to defend it, but then you always say, I can't make a guy fight either, and I can't make a guy at a weight class or whatever. There you go. <laughs> so you, answer, so you're hoping, you're you answered all my you know, <laughs> quote, quote, yeah, yeah, so, quote him on that. It's so exactly what, right. I mean, it, we've kind of been circling this ever since he won the fight, but what happens if he comes and says, ah, it's too big, they're too big, I can't do it, I don't want to do it? I'm going to be super pissed. <laughs> And uh, I don't know where we go from there. Go, go, <coughs> go to 170. Who's better? At, who, who's better to fight at 170? You, you got Woodley. You got Wonderboy. You got uh, you got um, Romero. And then you got Luke Rockhold. Fucking monsters. They're, they're all monsters. There's no there's no fight that looks like oh maybe this is the fight for me to take. It's just listen. You you, you looked at Bisbing. Like he was a tune-up. You got your tune-up. There's nothing but fucking animals at 85 and 70. So. Don't don't uh, GSP and Luke Rockhold look like they're different weight classes, like yes. three different weight classes? Rockhold I mean, is massive. Right. Massive. He's massive when he cuts weight. Yeah. There's no, there's no good options. You know, to sit there and try to handpick people or where you want to go and everything else, you can't in this fucking sport. They're all nasty. You know, you're a fighter. Get in there and fucking see who you can beat. You wanted to fucking come back? Welcome back. All right, so Dana White talking about George St. Pierre there uh, and, and just kind of laid it out. And, and I'll be honest with you, um, cold coffee. You know, we I think we touched on this a little bit. I, I am not instilled with much confidence right now that 
George St. Pierre is going to defend that middleweight title. Um, and I know what Dana's saying. You know, he's saying, look, this is the agreement. I did find it very interesting that he said, you know, this is not just a verbal agreement. Like, we literally did write it in the contract because I thought that was kind of a lot of bravado, so to speak, or whatever. Like, I mean, I don't know how you write something into a contract. And, again, it's incredibly unenforceable, which Dana kind of – yeah. You know, relay like you know. How do you write a contract that says like, and by the way, your next fight you have to defend the title? I mean, like you can just be like, well, I'm out, peace, I'm good. You know what I True. mean? Like, like you uh, said, it's not enforceable. They can't make it, but it makes sense that they'd be like, all right, if you try. win this title, that your next fight must be a title defense. You can't go fight Floyd Mayweather. You have to <laughs> defend your belt. <laughs> Why would they say something like Why that? Why would they I put something like that, that in there? But I, I don't know. I mean. uh I just, you know, for Dana, I, th- I did find it interesting for Dana to say, listen, I'm not sure Perth is what I want next for for GSP uh, because you you, you got to have Whitaker in Perth, right? I mean, you you, you got to have Whitaker in Perth. I mean, I, regional, you know, again, regional ties aren't everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's the balance that we talk about a lot on this show because we do get to travel the globe and, and go to all these different markets. Like, yes, the different markets do want their local ticket sellers, but they also don't only want their local ticket sellers. You know what I mean? They want to see those people on TV. But I got to think the first time you're going to Perth, the first time you're going to Western Australia that has been pining for it. And it is interesting because I think the thing that, that, that we don't necessarily – get or if you don't travel like why is Perth such a big deal the, the reason Perth is such a big deal is because it does have uh, you know a, 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 a you know a big fan base but the problem is it's like for instance like you know why do we need New York legal I mean we can just go do shows in New Jersey and it's yeah. true those fans can literally just like take a cab or take a taxi like in Perth it's like five hours to fly to Sydney yeah. it's like it's the entire I mean it's very far it's <laughs> Yeah, in fact, random Australian fan, maybe you could so break far. it down for it's us. So far, yeah, yeah, so far. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> we've we've gone away from the cold coffee uh, field recordings. We probably need to go back to those a little bit more. <laughs> probably not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's a big deal. So anyway, you know, to to, to have these fans that have been traveling five hours to go see you know fights, it's like. It's like being in L.A. and being like, the only place in all of America I can watch a fight is in New York, and I have to fly five hours to get there. Uh, I would true. think those people want to see Robert Whitaker. So if Dana's not even sure that that's what he wants next, and you got to think you want Whitaker on Perth, I'm sure, you know, I'm thinking about my man Pete Klosko, Australian PR. I bet, I bet he's yeah. just – I bet he's like, what? Like, no, you better give us Robert Whitaker. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me think GSP – is not defending that belt anytime soon. GSP, I mean, it was good to see him because he, he he beat every expectation of what I thought yeah, I was going to see. Amazing. But, my Lord, if there's anybody that's been beating any expectations of what you think is going to happen, it's Whitaker. Oh, that is Whitaker amazing. is just literally destroying guys that we thought were untouchable. I thought he was an idiot for going up to middleweight. I'm like, this dude's a moron. Dude, he is, he he is something. I was, the Romero I was, fight was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean like, GSP wants nothing to Whitaker right now. He don't, don't he don't want to so. he don't want to mess with that. Whitaker has has. 
I'm not trying dynamite to, in those hands right now. I'm not trying to question GSP, man. That man's one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all For time. For sure. But, he but he's a smart dude. He don't want no ride. He's smart. Right. <laughs> he don't want no ride. Right. You know what makes fights. him a great mixed martial artist? He's smart. That's <laughs> the thing, though. Like, what, is he going to go, drop down and go to Woodley? I, I don't think Woodley's a, a great fight for him. I mean, like, I, agree. I think Woodley would be better, though. Oh. I like his chances against Woodley better because I think he can outthink Woodley. No offense to Tyron, but I think – I think when at least at least on a physical scale, it's more closer versus. Yeah, I mean it, it, it is closer. I, I think I think I think he'll he can stand the punches better because I think Tyron sometimes just has a problem pulling that trigger. He and does just going all in. That's true. Whitaker doesn't have that problem, but I so when I think when it comes down to the gamesmanship and the strategy, I mean who has more fights and just like the strategy of what GSP has been able to do, and he perfectly game plan. And I loved him when he described it. When he was talking about setting the trap for his opponent, you know, and how he get, was able to get Michael. Like, this dude has been stepped away from the game but doing nothing but thinking about fighting. That was brilliant. And it's dead oh, right. It I mean, amazing. Not that we need to sit here and talk about a fight that's a couple weeks old, but it's so true. It's like what I realized was – if I gave him enough room to try and stand up, that he would he would give me his he was back. Do and that's it. And he and, did it because that back take was so fast. Like that transition was so quick. Yeah. And like it it was very purposeful. It wasn't like he just saw the opening. It was like, nah, I'm gonna back up just enough that you think you can get up. Right. And then I'm on your. It's like. And ah, I just I just feel like brilliant. With Tyron, I think he'll have a better game plan going. And then against of course that he knew the left hook would be there. How did he know the left hook would be there? <laughs> that was funny. Because <laughs> he can't see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where I just think that Whitaker poses more damages, er, er, dangerous aspects that he has to, to 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 game plan for, and I think he would rather want to come in. And he's smart. He picks and chooses. And I think we've seen a lot of guys that think what they know Tyron's going to do, and Tyron shows up and does better than they think he can do. But yep. I think if if GSP is picking between the two, I just see him. Gladly going more down to welterweight. I agree. I think than, he ends up. I think he ends up going down to 170. Yeah, I think he ends up going down to 170. To be honest, with you. If, if I mean, I know that that's what Dana said. I'll be pissed if he's that's what he says. But to be honest, with you, I, I I think that's what happens. Uh, all right, let's talk. About anything else that sticks out? I, I I guess one of the things that stuck out to me, I, the lunch stuck out. Like who the hell serves <laughs> eggplant sliders at a luncheon? I, I mean, that's true. Freshly wouldn't serve as Freshly no eggplant give that sliders. Shit. Eggplant, sli- eggplant sliders. It was like Don't the like the kitchen was like. Well, I know you work for Pepsi. You, I mean, you had no nothing yeah, to do with it. I just give you but a like, Pepsi. I mean, like <laughs> they they have a whole kitchen that can do stuff. And it was almost like the kitchen was like. By the way, we have a whole shitload of eggplant that nobody <laughs> ate. By the way, we're gonna make everyone's sliders. out of Detroit. Literally, like every media member walked in and like lifted the lid off. And they're like, ooh, sliders. And you're like, what kind? And then you look down. There's like a label in egg front. It's like plant. eggplant sliders. Everybody's like. Lid back on. It was eggplant <laughs> sliders next to like the grilled veggies, and was just like, well, nobody touched that lid after that. It was like all the wraps <laughs> off to the side, and it was just like it uh, was literally it was it was uh, what did they call it like wild grains salad or something like that? Oh, which it was, was yeah, because the wild grains, but it was like a couscous. Salad yeah, it was like a couscous salad. Or, uh, they yeah. call it wild grain salad, and then eggplant sliders, uh, and then grilled vegetables, yeah. and then there was some. Some like tor- some wraps, but they wraps. weren't like, like wraps. No, no they were like, it was like they, they slid it, they they sliced it so they were like maybe half inch like little wraps <laughs> on a skewer, a on a skewer. A <laughs> they did not consider so their thin. audience. They did not consider their audience. No, they were like, hey, we're gonna feed you. We're gonna do whatever. And we <laughs> and we walked in. We're like, 
What is this? <laughs> Which you all would have seen because they didn't have a backdrop at first, but then we suggested maybe you want a backdrop so people can't just look at the, oh, yeah, the, the, the eggplant sliders behind Dana all <laughs> all for an hour. That after was going to be the background for the hour-long video. It was going to be the buffet spread that nobody ate. <laughs> and, then, and then Cold Coffee was like, you know, we should probably put a backdrop. And everybody was just kind of like, uh, even me, I was like, yeah, we really should because that's going to look like crap. Uh, yeah, phenomenal. Okay, well, outside so the, of the outside lunch, of that, I that's mean, that's, that's big. There was a lot. There was, I mean, I, that was to, to, me, to me, the one that, that stood out, uh, again, and, and we've been tracking it for a long time, and maybe that's why it stood out, is the uh, – thank you for a fresh round of Frosty Beverages. Is, uh, gotta love boomers. Gotta love boomers. Uh, is uh, the Zufa boxing stuff. The Zufa boxing stuff yeah. happening full speed ahead. And, and, and here's – Here's what's interesting. I mean, number one, I mean, you know, if you're a roadshow listener, you know, we told you this months ago this was going to happen. But uh, I think the thing that's really sitting with me right now is that, first of all, I mean, I'm just curious to see how it all plays out and curious to see how it happens. And I thought it was kind of cool for Dana. Uh, and again, you, you go check this out. It's on our YouTube channel, it's on MMA Junkie as well. Um, but Dana talked about it. And he said, I, 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 you know, I asked him, I'm like, can you rough outline what the business model is? And he's like, well, I actually have two different business models. He's like, I'm not sure which one I want to go with yet. Um, so, you know, he's meeting with everybody. He said at the beginning of 2018, he's going to carve out a month. He's going to meet with every high-profile person in boxing. Smart. And I think I that think is that's smart. very smart. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that struck me is that, and uh, I don't know, maybe you guys could tell me if I'm crazy or not. Again, we all spend a lot of time around Dana. We all have, have seen countless interviews, countless conversations, whatever. Like, I feel like he needs this. Like, he needs a little passion project. You know, he, you know, he's talked about it on record about how kind of messed up he was mentally after the whole sale, you know, like losing his friends and his business partners. And, I mean, all these people that he worked with, you know, of course the Fertitta brothers are, are first and foremost, but, you know, a guy like Joe Silva, a guy like, you know, all these people that, that walked away and he's like, man, now I got new business partners and I'm in a new headquarters and, I'm in, you know, like everything changed. And it's funny because, you know, we're talking about Conor McGregor and how money changes things or whatever. I mean, Dana has openly said, you know, like, well, you know, hey, well, you should be happy, bro. You just got rich. He's like, dude, I was already rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just got richer. You know what I mean? Uh, but he loves fight sport, man. He loves his business. But I really feel like this whole Zufa boxing thing, not that it's 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 not going to be successful for Endeavor. I mean, it sounds like Ari Emanuel's backing him 100%. And they're going to make this thing work. And I think it will be a good business venture. But to me, I almost feel like this is more like Dana needs this person. Like he needs kind of something new, something kind of to sink his teeth into, something that wasn't, you know, I don't know. It's like, I, I mean, it, it sounds bad. It's like breaking up with your ex-girlfriend and you need something <laughs> new because he's still got the same girlfriend, I guess, with the UFC. But, you know, your old business partner. I don't know. I just When, when I hear him talk about side it. Piece. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, I, when I see his eyes light up a little bit and I see him start talking about it, like I feel like he needs this in his life. So I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued. I think you're right, but like, I mean, he has had a few side ventures. I mean, there's the looking for a fight contender series. Uh, he does love all those. He does love it. Yeah. So I mean, maybe a third one would be. I mean, man just likes. Well, I think projects. Yeah. I mean, and plus too. I mean, like I think part of it. I know some of these are his brainchild, and I, and I think some of these are things projects being brought to him as well. I think people realize that Dana, he's, he's like one of these galvanizing forces. People mm. love him or they hate him, but he's also he's a he's a big ball of energy that I think if somebody's like, man, if we could bring him into this project, something's probably going to happen. He, he makes things 
happen. And I love the fact that he's reaching out to everyone except for Bob Ehrman and De La Cuckoo. <laughs> De La Cuckoo. Because uh, he's, he's, he, I think he really wants to make the project work. So he's like, hey, guys, you know, boxing's maybe been stacking. I mean, he came from the boxing area. So the fact that I think he has a love for it and he has a lot of respect. And ultimately, even though most of us, I think, watch the UFC, we watch mixed martial arts, we love it, we watch boxing, we get a little bored at times. But I think there's still the love of him. He wants to keep the sport alive. He wants to keep it thriving. But also if there's another area where he can make money doing something else off to the side, I mean, there's there's never a shortage of fighters, never a shortage of boxing. So if there's money to be made, hey, good on him to, to, to do it and to make those moves. But, you know, the thing about Dana is, I mean, I, I just he's always seemed like a guy he's got to have multiple projects going on or he's probably either just gets bored. I mean, he, he probably doesn't want to go home and see his kids. He's just like, <laughs> I'd just rather be busy. He's like, I haven't seen my kids for the first 10, 12, 15 years of their life. Maybe I'll wait till they're like 23 or 21 so we can go out and have drinks and then we can connect on a on a. Bro level, you know what I'm saying? Sounds like me. I'm an absentee father. <laughs> uh, no, listen, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest boxing fan in the world, but I do think that the way MMA, especially the UFC, does business, t you know, top to bottom on cards. You know, I've, I, I tell that story about watching uh, Guillermo Rigondo fight. Of course, Rigondo's got that big fight with Lomachenko coming up. Uh, and he, he was on the undercard at, I believe, the MGM. And it, it, there was literally, like, three people in the audience at the time and I was like this dude is awesome you know what I mean like why is nobody here watching there weren't even media there there weren't fans there and, you know I think the USC does a better job of like you know promoting a card from the top to the bottom I mean, hell think about that Mayweather McGregor fight man like we, we didn't even know what the prelim fights were going to be like on fight week we were asking for the yeah. fight card on fight week and people couldn't even give it to us like that's insane. That's so, crazy. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited about that. I'm kind of interested to see where this whole thing goes. Um, I don't know. Anything else stand out to you about that discussion? I mean, again, it's it's on YouTube. It's an hour yeah, long. Yeah, there's so much. I feel like we could literally probably could. have a whole show that's we should just about the thing. So I think if we anything. We should probably get to 218. Yeah. We should probably get to 218. Yeah. We All should. Right. UFC 218. Uh, the, the high energy fight that we are not at. Uh, Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo. Again, uh, Matt Erickson and Mike Bond have been crushing it up there in uh, Detroit. So there's a lot of coverage on MMA Junkie that you can find. It's on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, excited about this fight. Max Holloway versus Jose Aldo. It was a great fight the first time around. I think if, if if you don't go back and revisit that fight in your head, I think that all you think about is the definitive ending. And you think, oh, Max Holloway is going to crush Jose Aldo. And he, and he could. But I think you forget, like, it was a pretty competitive fight. Now, Max Holloway definitely took over at the end, but it yeah. started out as a very competitive fight. Yeah. So I'm excited for this. I am picking Max Holloway. I am favoring him. I think that dude is just, you know, at the top of the game right now. Jose Aldo has had an incredible career, but he's on the downside of his career. It's still an amazing fight. It wouldn't shock me if Jose Aldo wins because he's he's a championship-level fighter. Um, so I, I'm pumped for this. I'm favoring Max Holloway. The one thing I'm really scared about, and maybe it's one reason I'm really hoping Max Holloway wins is I feel bad for Frankie Edgar. Like, if Frankie Edgar – if Jose Aldo wins, Frankie Edgar's kind of stuck out there on an island, right? Like, and, and, I, and I kind of broached it with Dana a little bit in that discussion. And, 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 and rather than talk about the future and what it might mean, you know, he, he, he kind of went back to, like, why the hell is there a broken orbital in training camp? Like, who's hitting you that hard? And it's a fair question. I mean, he Dana has always stood against – you know, camps where iron sharpens iron. He's always been the guy that's like, dude, no, like a boxing camp where 
these are your training partners there. But I don't know. It's just an interesting dynamic. I think it's a good rematch. It's not the fight everybody wanted to see, but it's still a phenomenal fight. But I'm just a little scared for Frankie Edgar because I think it would suck if Frankie got shut out. And I want to see Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar. Uh, I, I concur. Uh, it would be an interesting story for uh, Jose Aldo to, to kind of come out. Obviously, he's not favored in this fight. I mean, right. I don't think anyone even really wanted to see this fight. I think in a – I don't know how many podcasts past – uh, we discussed other candidates yes. for this fight. Uh, but here it is, and, and it's going to happen. And I am also favoring Max Holloway just because it did start out competitive in their first fight. Right. But it quickly deteriorated did. for Jose Aldo. So, I don't know. At the same time, though, just like Dana White, it's you don't talk about the future because in this business, the future is one punch away. And... Uh, would it, it would be, uh, yeah. The that future deep is, is one, one punch, punch away. away. Fuck yeah, quotes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, here's the thing, though. You could write a great story for respect. either of those candidates. Much respect. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. That's going to be a tagline somewhere. <laughs> the future is one punch away. I'm going to get TM, TM. That's my money. Punch your time cards because <laughs> yeah. the future is one punch away. Uh, but either way, it, it's a great story for either, uh, either of the fighters. Uh, Jose. Essentially coming up against adversity, getting that third, not the second shot, the third shot yep. at, at redemption. And, and if he comes away with it, you know, good on him. Sad on Frankie Edgar because that pretty much. <sighs> he shut out yeah, at that yeah, point. he just gets shut out. Co-main event, Francis Nagano versus Alistair Overeem. Love this fight. Saw the face-offs today. I mean, not that we didn't know, but, like, like when they went face-to-face, -face, you could see, like, Nagano's actually bigger than Overeem. You know what I mean? It's like. I mean, I guess that's not surprising, but they're just both two huge guys, and I've never seen them stand side to side. And they're way taller than me. They're way bigger than me. Like, when guys are, like, around your height or shorter, like, you know, like, when matchups are announced, you know, like, Bohashinia versus Hendricks, you're like, oh, shit, that's not good at all, you know, because, like, Hendricks stands below you. Bohashinia's, like, looking at you in the face, but with broad shoulders out here, you know what I mean? Like, there's matchups when they're announced, you're like, man, that's not good. And when they announced Nagano versus Overham, I'm like, well, that dude's way bigger than me and that dude's way bigger than me I don't know but seeing them together and you see that Nagano's actually the bigger guy you know he's the faster guy you know he's the quicker younger guy right now now Overeem's the way more seasoned guy who has not fought just in MMA but has fought in kickboxing as well so it's not as if he hasn't seen strikers as capable as Nagano of course he has man he's seen better strikers more polished strikers more seasoned strikers but there is something about Nagano and, and uh, Fiasco. I know uh, Nagano spends a ton of time at the at the Pepsi bottling plant there. Uh, just uh, it, from, I mean, basically just lives there like all day, every day. It's strange. It, <laughs> right? It, it, it begs a lot of questions. Like, why? Like, you're fired. Why? These are sugary drinks. But he's there a lot. The guy is a specimen, right? I, I, I love this fight, man. I, I, because it is weird. Like, and I, you know, tip tip in my hand here. I'm favoring Nagano in this. I mean, no, no, no secret here that Francis Nagano has been a roadshow guy for a while. You know what I mean? We we've been fortunate to be at quite a few of his fights, and 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 you know, really have enjoyed watching his rise. But this is not. This is like that perfect little step before you know he wants that title fight. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the heavyweight division. You can make strides. You can make runs. But you still need that one like signature opponent and. Man, you beat a guy like Alistair Overeem, you're there. Yeah, and here's the thing: is that like uh, Overeem in the past has always had as a personality issue. 
uh, has always been very standoffish. But strangely enough, in the last past, like, maybe two years, yeah. I've had some really great in interactions with him uh, where uh, he has this, like, a, a really – captivating personality. Mm -hmm. you, you get him talking about stuff that I like to talk about, conspiracies, politics, shit like that. That guy opens up. We've literally sat him down for... I had no idea. Never no, had that corner fan. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, uh, it, he's a, a really interesting guy. Now we know what to start our next interviews <laughs> with him with. Do yeah. you not like the roadshow? I just fast forward to the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Corner. yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> he's one of my fans. Uh, <laughs> amazing personality, uh, really interesting. I will listen when Fiasco jumps. <laughs> We're bringing some aluminum foil next time. Like I formed this tin hat for you. He's like, oh, this will be the greatest interview ever. This will be the greatest armor I need against the, the spectral vampires that are, are inside the air. Either way, uh, despite that, uh, I. I'm going to go with Engano. Engano uh, does spend a lot of time in the uh, the Pepsi plant, and I, uh, he's a great guy. But basing it on just physicality and I think just pure prowess, I think Overeem is the uh, the wolf in winter, and uh, or the is the, the lion in winter, mm. and uh, he's, uh, he's coming up against a guy who just has more uh, just pack and punch. I agree. After after going to that media day that just happened there and watching the workout, you know, we were talking to Chelsea about it earlier. His striking was so crisp and it was so just he was pulling pulling things out, coming from different angles, and he just looked sharp. He didn't look you know, we've we've seen the bad days when we saw like the Kimbo slices and the right. the Dada five thousands and you're oh. like, watch these big guys throw and like, oh, this is a joke. This was not a joke. This guy looked like he had been going and training with one major focus, which was whoever's in front of me is going to be annihilated because I must have the belt. And Dude. where he's at right now, I, 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 you know, I love Stipe to death. But right now, if Nagano, the way he's fighting right now, nobody could beat that right now. How exciting is Francis Nagano versus Stipe? That's Biotic. exactly what I'm thinking about. Holy yeah. Christ. Yeah. That's the fight I actually want to oh, see. Yeah, and, I don't and I'll be see an over I know fight. Kane's trying to get healthy, but I, listen, I'm, I I don't know what you guys are hearing behind the scenes, but I'm not hearing like uh, just everybody's excited. Like Kane's like days away from being cleared. Everything I'm hearing is just like, dude, he's still not kind of back yet. So yeah. sources I've heard close to the camp are they're not they don't even really include him in the same kind of running. So right I, here's the thing. I'm a huge fucking Kane fan. Oh, he's a huge. beast. Yeah. Had I, his I, body held together, he yeah. could have been the greatest heavyweight of all time. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not hearing that he's, like, I mean, ready to go. And he's clearly the number one contender if he's back. Right. But I, 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 I'm I, just – I'm not – so, dude, if Nagano wins this fight, if Overeem wins the fight, you're like, oh, Overeem's steep. Uh, and you got Verdum out there. Like, Verdum's steep. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. But if Nagano wins, you're like, oh, That's dude, the give me that fight. Yeah. So. And, even, and the other thing, too, is that I feel like uh, how quickly the sport moves. Mm. You have, like, I feel like Kane is, uh, at this point, he used to be the new guard, the young right? guy. Yeah. He's now old guard, I, f I feel. Yeah, totally. And Ngannou is the future. It's uh, <laughs> crazy. All right. Uh, Henry Cejudo, Sergio Pettis, mm -hmm. fight that we were supposed to see earlier this year. Love this fight, too, man. Another fight. I mean, God, this fight card is so good. Uh, this is a good fight card. <sighs> um, listen, um, I, I favored Cejudo the first time around. I'm favoring him this time around, too. Uh, Pettis is the real deal, man. Pettis, Pettis is solid, and I think he's got a lot of great days ahead. And I think he believes, you know, his time is now. But I don't know, man. Cejudo has been on point lately. 
He's, he's I feel like Zahudo somewhere. I agree. That I feel like Zahudo's finally was, being the guy that he's supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. That last fight, he just looked like a totally different Zahudo. And this is the guy that we've already been saying, like, when it comes to wrestling, when it comes to that aspect, he doesn't even need to worry about that sort of stuff. But when it comes to this, I mean, like, he's on a different level right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, but you're right. I mean, you can't you can't sleep on Pettis. Uh, but this is not Anthony Pettis. Right. I, I feel like, to me, here's the thing, is that Cejudo's striking has gotten a lot better. A and, lot a lot better. better. But I do believe he probably wants to use his wrestling here. He's got to. You know what I mean, right? Like, I, I do believe I he doesn't he want to easily, set up and strike. He can easily – if it, I think he – it makes sense to me that that's what he can do. And if he does, I think he'll have his way. And that, it'll be that's, easy. What, that's what I'm thinking. I think if, if Cejudo comes out here and is in love with his striking and wants to show off his striking – then he might be in some trouble. But yeah. I think he probably realizes that against a guy like Sergio Pettis. Uh, not that Sergio's a, a joke off of his back or anything like no. that. I mean, he's capable. But I feel like Cejudo's best chances are to go ahead and utilize that wrestling, get top position, and uh, and kind of grind on things for there. I think if yep. he wants to stand and trade, that won't be necessarily the, 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 the best night for him. But fucking phenomenal fight. Eddie Alvarez versus Justin Gaethje. I mean, come on, this son. Is, this is one we're come still on. gonna we're still gonna be basking in the glow during that whole Cejudo Pettis fight. We're still gonna be basking in oh. the glow from this fight. I, lo I mean, you don't. It's like it's silly to even break it down or whatever. I will say that my official pick on the staff picks was Justin Gaethje. I feel like Justin Gaethje's the guy on the rise. Eddie Alvarez is a guy that uh, I love, but has you know started to started the downside of his career as well. So I feel like where they're intersecting, Justin Gaethje is the right guy. Funny because I mean, Justin Gaethje the way he fights, like he's gonna hit the downside soon too. Like you can't keep fighting like that forever. But in the mean, and I've always said this, like dude, this dude is not gonna be able to fight forever. So cash in while you can, man, because this dude is money. Uh, I, I, and I love the fact that both of them are just coming out and saying like, well, where does this put you in the? They don't. I don't care where this puts me in the division. I don't care what fight he's like. I just want to be known as the most violent mofo in the UFC, and this is it. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been a Gaethje fan since this World Series of Fighting days, and after that fight, uh, his debut with Michael Johnson, like I just don't see how you couldn't be in on this dude. He's he's crazy. He's he's literally crazy, but it's so fun to watch. Yeah, he's he's a, he is something. I mean, like what he was able to do uh, against Michael Johnson – which is still probably one of my most recent favorite fights that it's I've seen. Got to still be fight of the year, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm not sitting. I'm not sitting with a. <laughs> I'm not sitting with a list in front of me right now. So yeah. I'm sure when I actually have the list in front of me, when it's time to do our votes, I'll be like, oh, hey, that was pretty good too. Yeah. That was pretty good too. But in terms of like a fight where I just remember from Cage Shot being like, I remember that night, I, and I think we said it. Like, I wanted to stand up and just be like. Yeah, you know, God, man, it was amazing. Such an amazing fight, and when you see a guy come in with that much, because I think uh, people he had a lot of hype, but he also had a lot of question. People, a lot of people questioned the, the the caliber of guys that he was fighting. Mm -hmm. But for him to come in and do what he did now just makes you seem like okay, all the hype was right, you know. And everything he says, I mean, I just I love listening to the dude talk. He he's real. He's not boastful. He's not bragging about a lot of this shit he's like hey you know he's being very honest about the fact that the fact that i can lose is very real and i'm gonna get knocked out cold one i day. could get knocked out you know that's gonna happen it's amazing but he just but he gets in there and he's just got that warrior spirit and i love the fact that he's just so real about it he's one of those guys that i i just think makes a great champion he's one of those guys that he's a good i think he's a good role model but i also think that he just 
lives up to that that type that you want to see representing the sport. Can I say that when we sat down to start recording this podcast, uh, I was like, you know what, man? I'm glad I stayed home this week in Vegas. Like, I spent some time with my family. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been nice. I've been on the road five of the last six weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see my son. It's good to see my wife. You know, it's good to enjoy the nice weather. You know, November. November is is usually a pretty good month. October, November, yeah, always nice weather crisp. months. Get a you know, it's getting a little chilly right now, yeah. but it's still good. Uh, and now that we're sitting here looking through 218, I'm like, what the fuck? This card is stacked. This card is so stacked. Uh, and even the next fight. I was going to say, let's just burn through it, and, and you tell me, because uh, Tisha Torres, Michelle Watterson, incredible fight there in the women's division. I mean, this is a huge, huge fight. Yeah. Paul Felder versus Charles Oliveira. Come That's on. That's a good fight. That, Yancey Medeiros versus Cowboy That's Oliveira. That's a good fight. That's insane. Jakar Close, who's a guy that you know we met out at the MMA Lab years ago. He's a, yep. a, a nice prospect versus David Tamer, who's another nice prospect coming out yep. of Europe. Courtney Casey, who I'm always a big fan of, you know, despite her kind of you know mid-tier record. Like you look at who she's fought. I'm a huge fan of Courtney Casey. And then Felice Herrick, of course, she's always fun to talk yep. to, and she's always a great fighter as well. Abdul Razak Al Hassan, that is a dude that is just dangerous. Dominic Reyes is on the the USC fight pass prelims. That dude is the real deal. I mean, there's just a lot. I mean, I guess you got to throw out Angela Magana too, just as well for the crazy factor, right? Oh yeah, she's crazy. <laughs> got love Bobby Cooper. Oh man. So anyway, I mean, listen. I mean, we it's just a stack card. We that burned through it real quick. But are, are there anything, anything that either you guys want to touch on that just like a storyline you're wanting to follow or a fight you can't wait to see? Because it, it is nuts, man. It is nuts. I do love that that Oliveira uh, Madero's fight. I mm. love Yancey. Yancey's just Yancey's like awesome. A fun cat to watch. But I mean, the Tamer fight I think is gonna be good. Um, Casey, yeah, she's another one that never gets the respect that she deserves, but clearly always goes out there and does great fights. Um, yeah, Magana, she she just finds ways to to put her foot in her mouth, and uh, I hope that's a fun. A one. bizarre fighting strategy. Yeah, <laughs> like please don't put your Usually foot in your mouth the, yeah, before you guard. go out there and fight. But yeah, man, listen to some of her fight week interview stuff. Just is whatever. Um, <laughs> But you're right. I mean, and the Felder Oliveira. I mean, that is a tough, tough Ooh. fight. Just depends on you know uh, which Charles shows up and how his weight. He looked decent and he looked good in the interviews that I saw um, that Matt Erickson shot. So man, there's a potential. Uh, like you could get done with this night. I, I it would probably be tough to beat UFC 217 just because like three titles on the line. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the stakes of the fights. But dude, when you look at this fight guard on paper, like there's again the fights have to happen. But there's a potential that this could be a card of the year type card, right? Where you're like, well, there's a lot of contender fights right here. I mean, uh, these are a lot of the top guys. I mean, outside of the Holloway auto fight, which is a title fight, I mean, look at all these other guys. Over number one, Nagano, yeah, potential heavyweight number, number one, one contender, contender fight, flyweight potential number one yeah. contender fight. You look at the lightweight, lightweight. Yep. Honestly, this is this, this is honestly a card for the true fans mm. uh, because only the real true fans understand that the 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 the, the, the Stakes mm-hmm. for each one of these fighters, yeah. and that's what I like about this is that yeah, it's like you go down this the, that main card alone is just sick. Like, that's you don't want to miss that. Like, sick. Th- this is like this is a can't miss. Like if, if if like if your buddy that's like the casual fan is like, hey bro, sometimes I watch, sometimes who's I don't. Who's Gaethje or who's Gaeth? Yeah, <laughs> well, it sucks because Gaeth the G. He it sucks because I probably like oh the last one's a three title fights. That's the one I'm gonna spend my money. Right. And now you got to go back to him for the like, hard nah, sell. Nah, bro, you gotta watch. Like this I one know too. I talked you into spending on the last one, but this one, trust me, 
you got to see this dude, Nagano. You got to see Aldo and honestly, come back. That, yeah, the, the, that, that main, that prelim Fox Sports 1 uh, card is also. The FS1 prelim card solid. is sick. That's solid. That is, yeah, if you started there and moved on the way up, you are not going to be disappointed. You could have like five hours of just ridiculous yeah. fights. Just chill, fucking eat oh. your, your chips and salsa, scream at your neighbors. Get the cops called on you, yeah. the noise complaints. <laughs> Maybe not, that's not, just not that's life. just that's like a Tuesday for you. <laughs> Maybe we could catch a flight to Detroit on uh on Friday yeah, night, you know? Saturday morning. Dude, I mean that the prelims the prelims of the main card, uh those two groups of fights alone is worth the cost. I mean, I think the early prelims are gonna get some good fights, but the prelims let's be real, the prelims in the main card, it's worth the cost. Yeah. For, this is what I would call a ballast point card. That's what's up. Yeah, this is a balance point card right here. If I if I if I ever see a balance point card in my life, this is a balance point card. Dude, love just checks in the mail, bro. Checks in the mail, man. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. All right, thank you. And thank you to the rest of our sponsors that have that have freshly seen you there, but this is a balance point type card. Balance point type card. I love it. All right, well listen, we've been talking too damn long. Uh yeah, yeah, I still got to eat dinner, and I got to edit this thing. We I got to have another on. ballast point. Maybe another PBR in there as well. We can fit one in. Or what? Hendrix and Tonic, people. I'm just, I don't know, Hendrix, are you listening to me? <laughs> Am I just yelling at the wilderness? <laughs> Hendrix! All right, if you still have your audio playing at this point, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs>